listeners, and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Pausecast with me, Bill. And over there is Mike. Hello. And today we are going through and talking about our top 10 SNES games. And this is how it's going to work. We're going to start from number 10 and tell each other what is number 10 on our list, discuss that game and go right up to number one, um, debating all the way. And then we're gonna, at the end, we're going to try and come together and agree on a top five SNES games together as a, as a team. Um, I don't see anything's going to go wrong with this, Mike. I think it's going to go smoothly, don't you? Well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> I think, I mean, the biggest distinction between the two of us is easily the fact that whereas you've grown up with the console... I've definitely just sort of gone through the greatest hits. I can't say I want to spend my spare time playing the bottom of the barrel Super Nintendo bargain bin games. But it should be interesting. I am particularly interested to hear, like... Because it goes back to your show, doesn't it? About nostalgia and, and how that will affect me. Because there's games on this list this was the hardest thing you've ever asked me to do because <laughs> trying to narrow down the super nintendos to a top 10 game is for me is nigh impossible because it all depends on what kind of mood you're in and what you want to play and there's some great games on that list that i was like i'm definitely going to put it on in here because no one ever talks about this snes game it's absolutely outstanding but as soon as you get to a mediocre 10 entries you have no choice but to leave some of these off so um, you're an evil, evil man, Mike. I think and, one um, thing that will make abundantly clear is that the Super Nintendo has, in my opinion, one of the best quality lineups of oh. any console, to be honest. It's fantastic. It is and definitely a Super Nintendo because anything <laughs> that was on the NES was improved, I believe. And yeah. I think we'll get more into that as we go through the list. Absolutely. And it is a great... Uh, console and that's timeless really I, I don't think there's many consoles out there that have as many timeless classics on it than the Super Nintendo um, uh, you know there's the Mega Drive of course uh, but the Super Nintendo I think is one of the best libraries of all time so what do you say we get this show on the road Mike you let's get start straight to it I think you should let me know what your number 10 is and we'll go. Oh, you want me to go? You want me to draw first blood? Yes. Okay, let's go. So, in at number 10, um, Super Punch Out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Super Punch Out. So, are you going to tell me yours or. or Uh, We'll get to it when we get to it. Um, But um, I think some people say that Punch Out is better on the NES. I'd say they're both about the same, but there's a certain there's a certain enjoyment in Punch Out. I find it's it's um it's very obviously it started in the arcade, and there's this almost timeless quality to how Punch Out works. The uh, whole mechanic of strafing the different you know the different hits, and each each boss fight is almost like a puzzle where they've got certain things that you've got to learn how to avoid, and it's almost. Instead of just, oh, this boss, I've got to punch him a couple times and dodge a couple punches and win. It's like each one's got their specific niche. Like, I re- one that sticks out to me is one of the earlier ones. is um, I think it's Bear Hugger, I think he's called. Yeah, yeah, where you yeah. have to sort of punch him in the face and then you sort of lock back. And he when he um, sort of launches forward, you sort of uppercut him. 
Yeah, and, and that's uh, exactly what the game's all about. It's literally like boss battle the game. Yeah. And the differences between Punch-Out! on the NES and Punch-Out! on the Super Nintendo is that um, on the NES, there is the, the way you build up your super meter for those knockout punches are all based on timed punches where they kind of telegraph their attack and then you get a star and you've got you almost sort of build them up like ammo yeah whereas on the super nintendo one every correct hit you land regardless of whether it was well timed or whatever builds a bar at the bottom and you can throw endless amounts of super punches as long as that bar exists yeah and the rapid fire punches when you know how to hit that is so satisfying but besides the graphics and how good that game still looks and how much character is in that game I myself, when I was trying to put this list together and going, oh, really? Really? I'm really quite surprised myself that that's number 10. I can't argue that that game has got so much replayability and how much fun it is just to pick it up. When I go to the Super Nintendo to sort of have a blast for 10 minutes, that's always the game I choose because it's just so much fun to pick up and play. And when you're playing through it the first time, it is quite a challenge working out all the puzzles and what they're going to do. Yeah. But when you know all the nuances and how it all plays, it is far too easy. And I think one plus of the original NES one is that Mike Tyson, the last boss, is still hard, even if you know all the tricks. Whereas the last boss on Super Punch-Out is just as easy as the first character if you know how to get around his maneuvers. But I still wish I... I still play Super Nintendo Punch-Out more than the original NES Punch-Out because I just think it's more fun. And more enjoyable. And every time you land and power punch, it just sounds so good. I mean, one thing I like about Super Punch Out is it's actually beatable. Yeah. Um, like, like the original. I don't care what anyone says. Like, I've, I've, I've played your, you know, your Souls, Soulsborne games or whatever. But nothing is caused me more <laughs> anguish than the second round against Piston Honda. <laughs> I don't even know like what the fight against Mike Tyson looks like because I never got that far. Tyson is so unfair that there's um, I can't remember what I think it's 15 frames a second is a reactable time yeah. for a human being. I think that's what they say in in fighting games. Um, Mike Tyson uh, reacts in like two to five frames. Yeah. So some of the stuff he does, you have to you have to know that he's going to do it before he's even started acting. Um, so it's incredibly difficult. I think I've done it once in my life, um, but it, I, I think it's just the 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 way that Super Punch Out is presented and how much fun that is, and the, how how much more powerful Little Mac is in that game that just makes that more enjoyable. And building up that super bar is less frustrating than it is in Punch Out One or Three, where you have to know the tricks to be able to do it well. Yeah, still I think, a great game series. I think though, the only thing I prefer in the original really is the soundtrack. I think that like. Oh, I that agree with theme, that. That theme's like far more iconic in the first. I mean, they brought it back for the Wii version, but I think that's far more iconic. And I prefer the black haired look to um, Little Mac than how he looked in the SNES one. Totally agree with that. That's actually a fair point. Now, when it comes to my 10th game, I will say um, uh, it's, it's definitely an NES game that was improved on the Super Nintendo. Um, is it a sequel? Is it a remake? I'm not quite sure. It's Super Castlevania 4. Oh, wow. That's quite low, I thought. I thought you'd go a bit higher on that one. Now, Castlevania, at least in the NES trilogy, I don't 
like I get frustrated. It, I feel like it's it's clunky. You have no midair movement. I don't like that you can only whip in like straight directly in front of you. And one of the biggest innovations of Super Castlevania 4, which for some reason they took out in Rondo of Blood not long, you know, when that came out, is the fact that you can whip in literally any direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, prob- it's probably one of the easier um, Castlevania games, w- with the exception of one level in particular that I remember getting really frustrated with. But I'd say that... At least for someone who's a newcomer to the Super Nintendo, and it was the first Castlevania I played, it definitely felt quite accessible to me. It felt challenging enough that I felt like I could get through it, but it wasn't like it wasn't like Dracula's Curse where it, it was just an absolute nightmare. I think it's definitely and that, and that that first opening stage, the music, it sounds like all the pipe organs and. Uh, it's like so so good i absolutely love it but yeah that's that's my number 10 what do you think about super castlevania 4 i i got into the castlevania series uh castlevania 1 is actually still a good game that i think holds up i don't know if that's because i grew up with it or whether you know coming back to it makes it more difficult but that game's a lot easier than what people realize if you know where to stand and how to react right don't like Castlevania 2 no. uh, because it was a poor translation and I, even if it was translated well I don't think it would be a fun game mm. um, especially for me because I don't like those open world games anyway Yeah. and as for Castlevania 3 it's considered to be one of the best ones in the series but I just think it's over bloated with mechanics and gets in the way of you know some, I, I think that's the beginning of games getting too cinematic and too many options when you just want to play through a game Right. It reminds me of... Uh, you've played New Super Mario Brothers, haven't you, on the DS? Yeah. There's... Um, that that game, Super Mario... That, that's an easy way of explaining it. In New Super Mario Brothers, you don't actually play through World 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. No. Yeah, I think you play like World 1, 3, 6, and 8, and you have to find secret locations yeah. to open. Yeah? yeah I Which that, I yeah. thought was so stupid. Yeah. That... The game's locked behind a secret like that. And I think if I played the levels in unison in yeah. Castlevania 3, maybe I'd enjoy it more. But because you choose different directions and stuff, I don't think it gives me more replayability. It just makes me think I missed half my game and I don't really enjoy it. See, I think, but, yeah, I think part of the problem with me with Dracula's Curse, which I think is something that was more avoided in, um, in Castlevania 4, is that... We, there was the frustration of the different characters in in three because you'd have a character like um, Simon who throws his whip out and he, when he jumps he's got like a a strict jump arc and he can't can't maneuver in midair and then you switch to someone like Grant who can do that so you're like well it's not a technical limitation it's a stupid game design choice and it's just it's just I found that really frustrating especially the amount of stairs there is. I think um, Castlevania Four, like uh, not like I said, whilst not being, um, I think if I'm being more objective, I'd say that Rondo of Blood is probably a better game. But um, I would say that the one I'd replay more likely would be Super Castlevania Four because I think the controls are just the best out of the classic Castlevanias, and I don't think they've really matched it since, at least within the Castlevania series. 
a lot of people think Super Castlevania is the easiest, and and it's a, a, a that that lowers it down on the on the list as a result. But I think it's more fun to yeah. play. As much as I love Castlevania games, and I've I've played, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the series, and got collector's editions coming out of my year olds for that yeah, series. Super Castlevania is the one where again you can pick up and enjoy. And you you don't need to necessarily learn all the mechanics and the the nuances of the game and where everything's going to be to to get to the end. You can you have a fighting chance. Mm. The the multiple whip directions and the um the the sub weapons are all powerful enough for you to get by it. Yeah. And some of the visuals, you know, like where where the world is almost breathing, bushes are moving in the backgrounds. Yeah. You know, skulls are looking at you. That's all phenomenal in that game. The dripping blood and stuff. Um. So yeah, Super Castlevania is is fantastic and i do think it is the one that stands up the only problem i have with super castlevania 4 um is a lot of the trademark music disappears after the third stage so the first is really good but as soon as you get into like stage three the music starts getting a lot more kind of um dreary yeah and all of that kind of one from castlevania one or ronda of blood like you've said they're in the sound tra- test. If you go to the sound test, those tracks are there, oh, but they're locked to the smallest levels in the game, and instead you have this really dreary soundtrack, and I just don't understand. I know, I know it's all atmospheric, but for yeah. me, I just it, it takes away something from Castlevania and what it should be. Yeah, I think they brought back, in the second to last stage, I think they brought back, I can't remember the name of the track, but that iconic... You did. Yeah, that one, the iconic yeah. Castlevania track. Yeah, iconic one. I They're all there in the sound test, yeah. but they never use them, and that that I, I just like. Why? Why am I listening to this dun 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 dun, dun yeah. which is got you know the cave level, when I could be hearing all the trademark music. So that that always annoys me. Um, but yeah, it's still a great game though. But yeah, yeah. No, I still remember the uh, the ones where you're swinging on the whip and you've got your the spinning rooms and stuff. And I'll yeah. uh, I'll never get tired of how. Uh, how Simon dangles his chain like he's dangling a set of keys just yes. to like block yeah. everything. <laughs> just constantly moving it around. That just makes whipping it like he's like, you know, yeah, it looks ridiculous. But you see, that, that's the thing. That's why a lot of people think it's too easy. The, uh, the people generally have issues with things like Medusa heads mm-hmm. and bats because yeah. they're positioned in a place in those games where if you get hit, you generally fall back off a ledge. Yeah. But because you have all these extra whip options like dangling in front of you and moving it around or hitting in all directions... A lot of those annoying enemies are not really much of a threat anymore. Um, but I don't see that being a bad thing. It's still enjoyable. No. And and why they've never brought back the multi-whip action, I've, I'll never understand, really. Well, it's like the me- the, the Messenger's a better game than uh, Ninja Gaiden, and it's got better controls, but just because it's not as difficult, you know? still a better well, game that's a, that's a conversation for another time. That My certainly God, I don't is. That right now. <laughs> right. What, would, what is your number nine, then? My number nine is um, potentially another surprise entry. Okay. And one that actually did get into my top ten with that, oh, I've got to mention this because it doesn't get any credit. Okay. Um, and that's Turtles Tournament Fighter. Oh, okay. It's not the Turtles um, I thought you'd say, but all right. I've, yeah, I've well, a lot one. of people do say um, Turtles in Time, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest with you, I played that much later in life. I didn't play that growing up, and I didn't... Yeah. Playing it now after playing things like Streets of Rage for so long and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The problem I have with the Turtles beat-em-up games is um, it's very difficult combo in those games. Okay. 
when you hit someone in streets of rage, they tend to go into a stun state. Yeah. Where it, especially bosses and things like that. Whereas in turtles, you kind of feel like I'm hitting everybody with a paintbrush. Because they don't yeah. really react, and you could be hitting them with a combo, and then all of a sudden the boss would hit you, and you go flying across the stage. It yeah. just feels... I've never really got used to that. Um, and because of that, it doesn't feel so good to being a fight. But I mean, you know, getting off track here now. Yeah, of course. But Turtles Tournament Fight was very different in the way that the graphics in that game are another example of what the Super Nintendo can do. Sprites didn't look that big back then. For a start, they were all really gorgeous, really vibrant, really big. And it wasn't a Capcom fighter, but it played almost better than a lot of the Capcom fighters and SNK fighters that are out there. And if you pick that game up, um, it's still very playable. And I thought it was me just being nostalgia for the Turtles for the longest time. But in yeah. the fighting game industries recently, people are picking that game up again and going, actually, this game feels really good even after all these years. So I've got, I've got to brush that concern to the side and don't worry about the professionalism that i bring to this podcast because that game is really good it's got a story mode um there's plenty of quality fighters that have never been in anything else turtle related that i've ever seen on tv and things right and some some of the you know the bosses and the characters they use are really really good um and the music is also really awesome and once again it's a game i always go back to whenever i fire up the snes yeah no I, I've I've never played that. Did it come out before or after Turtles in Time? Then I don't know because I didn't actually think for the longest time because I, I was quite you know I was little back then. I didn't have access to many kind of gaming magazines or things about what was out. So I didn't even know there was a Turtles in Time until I like got into college and then started understanding ROMs were a thing. Right. Um. So I only knew that there was Turtles on the phone. I don't think there was that much time in it. I think it was only about a year or so. Okay. Yeah, because I've the only uh, beat 'em up I've played Ninja Turtles wise is Turtles in Time, so I can't really speak as speak much to that particular um, one. But I, I remember, like, I know what you mean. Like Turtles in Time, I remember finding a bit frustrating as a beat 'em up. Like I never quite understood how to do certain moves. There was a boss where you had to throw enemies at the boss to take it down, and I I didn't know. It didn't matter what input I tried. Sometimes I did what I wanted. Sometimes I didn't. But well, that again, might that's, just that's, be me that's why Streets of Rage I think is a better series because mm. everything is activated depending on you know walking into somebody. The yeah. grappling system is a perfect example. In Streets of Rage, when you walk into an enemy, you'll eventually grab them. Yeah. In Turtles, you don't grab them until you press attack from a certain distance from them. Yeah. And then you do the spin throw that throws them at the screen. But because it's all subcontext. Yeah. Um, and context sensitive, I've always find that a lot harder and more frustrating. And like you said, when you're doing combos on a boss, only for them to just sort of come out of that stun state and kick you because you've landed yeah. too many hits, you end up doing this thing where you sort of do a hit, take two steps back, do another hit, take two steps back because that's the way to fight the game. And yeah. it's just not as fun. But Turtles Tournament Fighter is up there to rival, you know, Streets, uh, Street Fighter and everything. It's actually a really solid mm -hmm. fighting game. It's broken as hell, like all good fighting games are. There's the the character roster is very unbalanced. Okay. Um, but you know, it's it's an enjoyable one that still stands the test of time. Like I said. See, I I find it hard to gauge the quality of a beat 'em up because I've never been good at them or really given them a fair shake. So 
I'm sure there'll be uh, a couple of them that'll sneak into your list higher up that I will just have, have nothing really to say on. Maybe. But, well, I'll have to sit you down one day, Mike, and uh, get those, those yeah, train of No, no, I definitely want to get into the genre for sure. But when it comes to what, what I'm at, at number nine, I put yeah. Super Punch Out. So. Ah! Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know Punch Out would be on your list. I'm quite pleased about that. So. I to be honest, I found it more I found it more fun than Super Castlevania Four, so that's literally my only reasoning for putting it higher. I'm surprised that you found it more fun than Castlevania, um, because uh, well, I, I, again, it go, goes back to me growing up with it. I suppose I can blast through Super Punch Out on, on a good day quite easily because once you know the tricks, that's it. Yeah, but I guess um, have you played it to the point where you could just beat all the bosses that easily or uh i, I feel I, I could absolutely ruin the first tournament but the later ones i'm not i'm not so sure the thing is it's weird that i put it on that high on the list because i've never taken the time to actually beat it i've only sort of got like i think like halfway through it but i still i mean i still enjoyed it enough to sort of put it on my list just couldn't commit to putting it higher it's such a fun game and the, like you said the characters are so um, so in, sort of enjoyable and full yeah. of personality, so it's understandable. Interesting, interesting. Well, um, I guess we run on to number eight, do, don't you? Yes. Um, mine, which might be a shock to some of um, my regular listeners in other worlds of the internet, is the original Mario Kart. Okay. Super Mario Kart. Um, I'm going to tell you an embarrassing story about this one, Mike. Okay. You ready, right. you ready for this? this? This is the only kind of content you get. The the best of content if you uh, listen to the Pop Culture Pause cast. Um, when I was a small boy visiting my grandmother in uh, Rotherham, they had a Super Nintendo. Right. And they had Super Mario Kart. And this was the first time I've ever heard of this. And I think I must have been, well, I don't know, maybe six years old, maybe six or, six or eight. And... I went round and I was so excited and I gave it a go and I was, I was playing Super Mario Kart. We played the battle mode, went through all the different things and that. it blew my mind because I, at that point, would never seen anything like Mario Kart before. Right. As I left the house after playing it for about six straight hours, I sobbed my eyes out and my mum was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I thought at that age that that would be the only time I would ever play Mario Kart because we wouldn't be able to afford the game to buy it myself. Right. And I, and I thought that was it. At that age, I was like, that's it. It doesn't get better than this. I played Super Mario Kart, and that blew my mind, and that'll be it. That, that I'll never get a chance to play it again. Now it's everywhere, and it seems so stupid. But back then, that had left such an imprint on my mind, and I had so much fun that first time playing it. Yeah. Um, and whenever I talk about that game, I always get put back in that moment where I just laugh at the fact that I thought I was never going to play Super Mario Kart ever again yeah. as, a, as a, like an eight-year-old after playing it for four hours around my grandmother's house. Um but the, the the thing about Super Mario Kart is, um, yeah, there's a, a little bit of jank to the controls if you're not used to them or if you've played other um, driving games since. But there's this kind of nuance to it. that If you realize you're controlling the world and not the cart, mm. that you can pull off some really exciting drifts and corners in that game. And... Unlike a lot of the other tracks um, and, and other things that came into later Mario Karts, there's something about Super Mario Kart that makes me come back to it. And it kind of sort of sums up the the whole personality of the Super Nintendo in, in one game, where um, 
there's those those sound effects, those music, those tracks that you play, and just how difficult it was to sort of get everything on every cup and unlock everything, but still be fair enough and have that skill level that just says this is the Super Nintendo. It's fair. It's it's a, a skill you have to learn, but if you do it, you can show off your skills. So I, I yeah, I I don't know what it is about this original Super Mario Kart. The Game Boy Advance one Mario Kart Circuit did it better. But I just would be doing the Super Nintendo an injustice to the legacy that I've had with it if I didn't mention Mario Kart on this somewhere. I think it's um, it's hard to get away from how influential. Nah, it's shit. I don't care. Mario Kart. Who even say that? Mario, <laughs> like, look, look. I love the Super Nintendo, but there is no. I don't care what anyone says. There is no good 3D games on the Super Nintendo. You have, you have, um, you you have Star Fox where you're dribbling about 30 seconds after playing it because the visuals just hurt your eyes. You've got Super Mario Kart where every single track is the same but just a different different color scheme. You've got. You've got Donkey Kong Jr., who's the least favorite Kong. You've got, like... Well, hang on a minute. You're wrong about that. <laughs> Your Kitty Kong is the least favorite Kong. Let's okay, not go too Kitty far. Kong. But, like, you've got... Like, I just think, like, of... Super Mario Kart was probably, like, the fourth Mario Kart I played. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not even that. I, the only game I, I still haven't played is um, Super Circuit. But other than that, I've I've at least tried every Mario Kart, and and I just don't I just don't think that Mario Super Mario Kart's very good. I don't think Mario Kart sixty four is very good. I just don't don't think I think it's um it took a while for it to really find its footing. Coming from someone who obviously didn't have a little twinkle in her eye when they first picked up their you know their their copy of Super Mario Kart or whatever. What, on Christmas, you mean? You on Christmas, Christmas, yeah, under no. a tree. <laughs> I, I, under, I understand completely. I knew you were going to say that. But, like, there's, you're right. As the Mario Karts have gone on, they got better. And mm-hmm. I will always praise that. However, yeah, there's something about the original Super Mario Kart that feels so much different to all of the others. Mario Kart 64 is utter jank. Right. And I agree with that. Going back and playing that compared to the other ones is, is jank. But as you go on, they do get better. Mm-hmm. For the most part, but it's—I I don't know where, what it is. Whether it's just locked in, I know I'm controlling the world in Super Mario Kart and not the 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 car itself. Right. And there's something about that that things like um, Mario Kart Super Circuit. Uh, what was there were some others that used that same sort of um, not rock and roll races. I always get these two mixed up. Um, there's another like a wacky uh, races type game. Right. It was on the Super Nintendo. Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. But there's loads of games that you use that kind of um, that mode seven kind of moving yeah. of the world, and it's just so fun to to when you understand how that works to jump over the corners, to maneuver around the track, and to completely cheese the whole whole game and manipulate the the, the CPU. Plus, it's actually quite challenging later on, and it's also one of the few co-op games on the whole system that is fun to play from start to finish there weren't that many co-op games that were fun to play and didn't punish you for having one person who was better than the other 
Right. When you play a co-op game, if your second player uses all your lives and continues, you're not going to get to the end when you get to the hard stages. But at least with Mario Kart, you can both play Grand Prix and one could be rubbish and one could be good and you still have a good time, you know. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think no, it's not. No, it's not, Mike. Don't give me that. You don't agree with anything I'm no, saying. What are you doing? I think it's. I think it. I think you're you're wrong. And three D three D games just didn't work on. It didn't work until the N sixty four, and even then, <laughs> you know. Now, I'm I'm gonna I, I'm I'm gonna have to do a little bit of a bait and switch because I'm looking at my list now, and I'm thinking. There is no way I ranked that game that low. So I'm swatch- swapping my eight oh, and wait, seven. Oh, wait, no, you didn't. Don't you dare. All week you've been going, you better sort out your list. And oh, it's not that hard. Just you look at it logically. And here you are actually on the show. And now you're making a last minute change. How no, dare you, if I, if How I, dare you? If I said this game right at number eight, you'd think I was mad. So next, so I'm <laughs> swapping eight and seven. And I'm going to say... Even though, I mean, it's in my top ten, so that's got to say something. But I'm going to have to say Donkey Kong Country. The first one? Yeah. Okay, now I'm curious to know what your number seven is. But Okay. Okay. So, this, this, I feel like there's a, a little bit of caveats, but this is the point of the list where I feel like you can't really go wrong with any of them. Um, yeah. I think Donkey okay. Kong Country is is a game which is endlessly replayable it's got absolutely beautiful music some of the easily some of the best graphics on the on the uh, super nintendo I'd, I'd argue that they still look good today even though other people might say otherwise um i think there's a, a certain a reason why like donkey kong connects with me more than other platformers is is because of the atmospheric quality and the ambience you know you've got the when you go into the caves it's you can hear like the, the dripping of, of the water and you can see the the amazing lighting and you know it just there's so much polish and it, it's just so much charm as well in the different animations when they're like hanging on a ledge and their eyes are popping out their heads or you know how like like when Donkey Kong ducks, he sort of looks around to see if like anything's coming, and it's just a certain. Um, and I think another thing about it is, which I don't think gets brought up enough, which I think is one of the reasons why people like Sonic so much is momentum. Now yeah. Donkey Kong, when you do his roll, you build up some sort of you build up a momentum, and you go quicker and quicker, so you can just blast through the levels if you know if you know what you're doing. And the only really downside to Donkey Kong Country is the fact that the collectibles are literally useless. All they do is get you lives, which if you're good at the game, there's no point searching them. And there, some of the secrets are a little bit cryptic. So I think other than that, though, Donkey Kong Country is still a really fun game. Yeah, I totally agree. With Donkey Kong Country, for me, is like a, a, a benchmark on what I think make, goes into making a good game. Right. It's a combination of amazing gameplay, going on that momentum thing you mentioned, where everything just feels right. There's no cheap laying enemies. There's no there's no um, sort of pitfalls that are going to take you out. You, you always have a fighting chance, yeah. and if you know that game, you, you're going you're gonna to be able to play it. And they, they build it around that basis. So it's got gameplay. It has graphics 
not just for the sake of graphics. Everything that goes into the graphics goes into the character, goes into the world building, goes into laying the atmosphere and having something good to look at and something to look forward to when you go into a new location. Coupled that in with the music, where that that's as a soundtrack I still listen to today because it is that good. And there's a reason it keeps coming up on people's best soundtracks of all time lists because of the, the way that that music is put together. You couple that into its timeless gameplay and now you can just keep coming back to it over and over again. And there's so much in that game to find that I, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with it at all. Um, and you, you know, when you find out whereabouts that is on my list, you'll, you'll know how much I agree with you on your, on your choice on this one. I do agree with what you say about the live side of things. Um, but the, the, the thing about that is before that, just give you a little bit of a history lesson, even though I'm going to put most of the audience to sleep. They, they took Donkey Kong Country and they looked at the two best platformers at the time, Sonic and Mario, and said, what can we borrow from both of them to make a combination that's going to be our own game, but also be the best of both of those games? Right. And at that point, there was no reward you could give the player besides a score, which was already made useless. They knew it was going to be useless. Yeah. Or lives. Well, lives is what Mario obviously rewards you with, and Sonic does the same. Yeah. So that's what they chose to go with. It wasn't until later on when they came to Donkey Kong Country 2 when they realised we need to create something new, the collectible, to make there be something more rewarding for searching out all the, the secret areas. So you're right, totally. Donkey Kong Country's biggest weakness is the fact you get too many lives, and that essentially works as a score as well. But um, it, at that point, they were they they didn't have a blueprint to follow, and that's what the default was for many games. Are you changing your list again? No, are you, um, I just see you scribbling down. Are you changing your no, list again? I, w I was I, I was listening. I wanted to uh, counteract your point about the lives thing, but I had to right, fact okay. check myself before I came across like an idiot. All right, um, go on in. So. You were saying that they borrowed from Sonic, but didn't Sonic 2 have the Chaos Emeralds thing that rewarded you of Super Sonic? Yeah, but how do you make Donkey Kong go super without saying, yo, you ripped that out straight out of Sonic? Can you imagine that? Massive yellow Donkey Kong running through with extra momentum. I think I think that'd be that'd be fantastic to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they would still try to pick up and and technically, in Donkey Kong Country 2, which I'm sure knowing you will pick up at some point so let's mm. not go into too much detail here but that's what they went in they they rarer became the collectible that was what it was all about mm. collecting so many MacGuffins to unlock something else and getting a reward from it, extra levels that was what they decided to do with their games going forward because they knew they couldn't just give lives because it was worthless yeah i think one one thing that you didn't well neither of us brought up which i think is worth bringing up which to be honest is not only crazy for a, a company that's not Nintendo that made the game, but it's also just for a franchise in general, which is the fact that Donkey Kong Country quite literally reinvented Donkey Kong, not just yeah. from, like, um, you know, not just from the stuff like gameplay, but Nintendo just went, yeah, you can completely redesign Donkey Kong, and the design in Donkey Kong Country despite the fact that Nintendo don't own Rare anymore, is the same design it was when Donkey Kong Country came out. Nobody, like... Well, unless you you know about retro games, nobody really knows the classic arcade Donkey Kong, like, art style. 
They just know Donkey Kong from Donkey Kong Country. So I think the fact that they've they've completely and they introduced characters, you know, like Cranky Kong and, and Diddy Kong that are still you know still prevalent today in in whether that's D- DK Games, whether that's Smash Bros. I mean, Cranky Kong's going to be in the Mario Bros. movie, so it just goes to show how much Rare really nailed it on the head that even today people still get hyped by a smash re- smash reveal of King K. Rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the characters they did in that are so iconic. And that game has, again, stood the test of the time, like a lot of these games on the SNES that we're mentioning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Miyamoto wanted to bring Donkey Kong back, but had no idea how to do it. It was his first character. Yeah. A lot of people say Jumpman was, or Mario. But it wasn't. It was it, it was called Donkey Kong for a reason, yeah. you know? Um, and that it was based on his love for King Kong and all of those things, you know, you, it's all online, go check it out. Yeah. But he wanted to bring it back and had no idea how to. It was the talent at Rare, which I, I definitely want to talk about that you know, on one podcast in the future, which is my favourite game company of all time in Rare. Where. Yeah. Um, but they, they are a very talented English studio that said, we've got an idea. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do it and see what you did. And, and the documentaries that came out and the publicity around that game was so massive um, because of what they've achieved and what Nintendo believed in them. And another thing is the, to bear in mind, if you're going into facts about Donkey Kong Country and how big it was, was um, that was Nintendo's response for holding off next-gen. Because Sega was doing the Sega CD and the 32X and all of that stuff. And all these new graphics were coming out and they fought back with Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country won. You know, that that's that's the statement there is Donkey Kong Country, which is a, a Super Nintendo running on basic Super Nintendo hardware, managed to pull off something so amazing that we still talk about it as being great game when no one's really talking about the Sega, the, you know, Sega CD and the 32X and what that did except for. God, that was a waste of money. Well, I mean, there was a there there was a bundle they released in the nineties that had five games in it. Um, four of those games being Mario, and one of them being Donkey Kong Country. And the game that was yeah. plastered all over the front was Donkey Kong Country. So, yeah. So it just goes to show how much it, how influential it was, and um, the techniques they used to create that game using the um, the three D models. And turning it into sprites is something that uh, I guarantee will be uh, brought up again later on. So yeah, well, apparently that took 24 hours for them to render one animation on these computers that couldn't handle it. They just left the computer overnight and let it do what it needed to do. It's so the, how many frames of animation that game's got is, is incredible. But the last thing I'll say about Donkey Kong Country before we move on, and I'll go into my next one, is what the, the above everything else that we've mentioned. The one thing that Donkey Kong Country does so much better than than uh, a lot of platform games is its level of skill. Right. When you first into that game, the skill level and the way it goes up is so smooth that you learn and you get better on a very nice incline. And then when you if you know you manage to get to the end of the game, you can play the game again and find all the secret levels and get a bit better, and you can start using the momentum technique. But you don't have to have it. You know, you don't have to use those, but you can still play the game. It's not stopping you from progressing. Yeah. The way you learn how to do that and you get better, the game opens up a bit, excuse me, a bit more. And you can do a bit more in it. But then there's almost this level three where you speed run the game. Yeah. 
you're sort of jumping in midair but off the off the barrel rolls and using the momentum off enemies to get to places you're not supposed to. And there's no other game in history that I can really think of that has such a smooth progression and also allows you to play with someone else during that smooth progression. Where Mario fails, where you take it in turns, and if one person's better than the other, someone's going to get to world eight and be all right. But the, you know your little sister or your little brother who you're playing with is going to get fed up because they can't beat any levels anymore because you've stormed ahead. Yeah. In Donkey Kong Country, you can split that up into either playing co-op, like you do in those games, yeah, or you can progress on your own. So one, you take one team of monkeys and you play through, and it does not affect the other person and how they progress. Amazing, great stuff, great stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean the only thing I I disagree with the difficulty curve personally. Um, I think it's got more like difficulty pits where you go, you 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 trodling along, and then a minecart level comes, and then <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I've gotten past that. The next world is easier than that one minecart level. Then you trod in along, and then there's one with like fifty wasps and like barrels and stuff. All you gotta do is jump on the minecart levels, Mike. What's the matter with you? Oh yeah, you, you press just gotta, one button. That's it. You just got you just gotta bring up an emulator and uh, use your slow down settings to be able oh, to oh, get the truth comes out. Look at that! Look, no, Mike, you might critique uses the slow down button. <laughs> that, that the um, I, I feel like I I think Donkey Kong Country, at least the first one, I did feel like the minecart levels were more trial and error than they were like reacting to things. But that's the last. That's the last I'll say. And it's it's on my list. So, so don't you have a go at me. Just for a note, that first minecart level that gives you all the trouble, Mike. If you if you jump over the first barrel and keep to the to the wall, like you're jumping down a pit, you skip the whole level. Just just a little tip for you. Yeah, thanks. That's all right. No Tell worries. Me now. That's fine. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, where are we? Number seven um, is Super Castlevania for me. Oh, okay. Um, slash. Vampire's Kiss. Okay. Castlevania Vampire's Kiss, which is the Dracula X port on the Super Nintendo. But we got it as Vampire's Kiss. Do you know what that one is? Uh, I, I, I've, all I know is it's apparently a worse version of Rondo of Blood, which I have played. Yeah, so a lot of people say that. However, as we've talked a lot about Super Castlevania and gone into that detail, I'll just quickly cover why Vampire's Kiss is very similar. Um, now, yes, it takes away a lot of the features in Super Castlevania. The, they don't have the rotating levels or the, the, the multi-whip directions and things, and it goes back to basics. This feels more like what Castlevania 2 or 3 should have been like, right. where... The gameplay is more, you know, you can only whip one direction. Um, you've got these power moves and the sub-weapons are there. But, and yes, people moan it's not as good as Rondo and Blood because that was the bigger one. However, what Vampire's Kiss does really, really well is it's got all the best music from the, from the game on the, on the Super Nintendo one. So it catches up from that. Plus, its graphics are gorgeous. It's 2D sprite work and the colors on each of the levels are so bright and vibrant. That's really, really good. Um, so I do think it's as good as Super Castlevania because for everything Castlevania, Super Castlevania does wrong, Vampire's Kiss does right. And vice versa. So the right. game is stupidly hard. It's unfair. The last boss is a joke. Um, and it, you you have to play it like you did the original Castlevanias. 
but I still think it's as good because I just want to hear that music, I want to see those graphics, and I want to have that challenge. So having the two together is, I think, a great bundle. All right, yeah, because I've played Rondo of Blood, but I've never played, I've never played uh, that one, but. It's, a, it's like a 1.5 of the game. Maybe check it out and see what you think. I think yeah. you'll probably come away from that and probably say, what's the point? I'll play Ronda of Blood. Yeah. But there is a chance you'll play it and go, oh, no, I, I can sort of see a SNES port in here. It's almost kind of like a, a you know, a D-make or... A, a, similar to how you have a, a Game Boy Advance or a Game Boy game portable version of a game you like on a big console. You know, it's a bit like that. Yeah. Well... When I talk about my number seven, which you might understand why I might have bumped it up, because some people would go as far as to say as this is the best Super Nintendo game, which I say, no, it's it's the seventh best one. And that <laughs> one is The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Right, okay. Now, when it comes to A Link to the Past, despite not being my favourite Zelda game, not being my favourite 2D Zelda game, it's the one for some reason I've beaten the most. Um, really? It's really strange. I always get everything because, of course, I do. Um, that's the kind of person I am. And uh, <laughs> but this, I, I don't know. There's the two D Zeldas are just so much more replayable. I think because there's no big, massive open um, worlds to to plow through. There's no. Um, you know, there's no cutscenes, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're talking about replayability, I just find a link to the past really fun to just go in, you know, power through it, and then you're done. I re- you know, I really enjoy the whole light world, dark world mechanic. I think they use that in interesting ways. Um, there's a lot of firsts for the series. In fact, I'd go as far as to say a link to the past is the first good Zelda game. Take that how you will. Um, <laughs> but I think A Link to the Past kind of set the the framework for Zelda up to that point. Because Zelda 1 was Zelda 1, and then Zelda 2 took things in a completely different direction. And I feel like A Link to the Past is something that, like I said, I, it's not my favourite 2D Zelda. I personally prefer Link's Awakening. But I think that what it did do it did really well and and it is such a such a nice adventure to play through and i i don't despite how well i know the dungeons at this point and despite how well i know the boss patterns and all that it's also it's also my first super nintendo game i ever played so it does have that kind of sentimental value even though i wouldn't call it nostalgia because it was like 2018 <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, I definitely I definitely enjoy a link to the past quite a bit. I can't I, I couldn't agree with you any less. Okay. Links to, links, links to the past is so overrated. Okay. You will not find it on my top ten list. You okay. won't find it on my top twenty list. Alright. Because I literally played Ocarina of Time before I played Links. To the past and like what you've said with some of the other entries you've, you've said before that game might have been the first but it certainly didn't get it right okay there's so many things wrong with that game that are uh, annoying and frustrating and unnecessary just to make it this big epic thing to try and fit on the super nintendo that link's awakening did so much better 
and it was such a better game. And I'll go through a few examples oh, now. Oh, yeah, do tell. I'll, I'll go through a few examples. The, my biggest issue with that game, okay. even though Ocarina of Time has got the same soundtrack pretty much, right? on the Super Nintendo, the soundtracks loop are far too small. When you're doing a dungeon and you hear the same music over and over again in this sort of, I don't know, four-bar loop? I don't know what it is. There but is like, like two dungeon themes in the game, admittedly. It's so boring. You're just hearing the same music. Everybody talks about how great the soundtrack is, right? Yeah, when it's in Ocarina of Time and it's got all this other music to back it up, but in, in, in this Link to the Past, it's like, oh God, please let the music stop. Why is it still going? Yet they complained about the first Zelda for that problem, but they don't bring it up with Link, Link to the Past. Why? It's got the same issue. Um... Not to mention the fact the map, the world map, is a chore to navigate. Try When you're trying to go from one end of the map in the desert to the other side of the map because you've got to do something, you've got to walk all over. It's like a one-way system. You, you, you yeah, can't navigate any way you want. You have to go around a certain way or have a certain item to open a certain passage or whatever. Yeah. And the enemies just get in the way. And then they're, they're there to drain your hearts, <laughs> not to kill you. They're just there as annoyance, so you have to try and navigate them. And when you get to the dungeon or whatever, you've got you've lost half your hearts because you've got all these annoying bug enemies and things that pop out of the ground at your feet. And again, people moan about the first Zelda for having that, but they don't moan about Link to the Past for having the same problem. And then what makes that worse? They decide to do a dark map. So you've got an annoying map that's massive and you times it by two because you decided to change the palette. <laughs> Not to mention the fact you turn into a bunny. Uh, well, I, I know it's because he's supposed to be sweet and innocent and he's the hero and he's... But that doesn't make it a good gameplay mechanic when you're jumping around as a pink bunny. And why has he got purple hair? <laughs> Just because he needs to stand out uh, from, the, from the mediocre backgrounds and dirt tracks. Oh god! Everything about that game—the way the bosses look, and and that stupid worm boss that knocks you down a pit, and you go down like four levels in the dungeon, and then you have to go yeah. back up. Get good, Bill. All right, yeah, fine, okay. You can you can kill that <laughs> boss really easy if you know what you're doing, but it's still not all the fact that every single person who ever played that game to begin with fell down that pit and went, "You what?" Because it was a <laughs> stupid game design, and everybody knows it. Your nostalgia is ruling you. Don't let it. It's a terrible game. It's the lowest... I, I mean, okay, I'm getting carried away now because I'm getting <laughs> angry. It's not quite the worst Zelda game ever made, but it's pretty bad. I, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I disagree about the map being big, but I understand... Like, too big, but I understand what you mean by there's a specific way to navigate. I don't know if... Like, maybe I just, like, picked it up better, but, like, you talk about... You moan about the bunny. I think I was the bunny for, like, two minutes and that was about it like i sort of i think from what i understand i found the mirror too late someone told me that yeah. apparently you can find the mirror earlier yeah i've played that game three times through trying to prove to myself maybe i've just had a bad day maybe i'm playing <laughs> it at the wrong time but every time i pick it up there's something that happens and someone goes oh no you bill you gotta do this why are you telling me this why can't the game just let me have fun and it doesn't. It never does. I think. The, and the, oh god. I think with with hindsight, one of the like 
not not to because I, I I still enjoy the game, but in hindsight, one of the things about Link to the Past is that every if you take every aspect of a Link to the Past, the music, the gameplay, um, the story, whatever. In every instance, there's a Zelda game you can point to and say it's done that better. Yes. Like, I still, I do, even if you're talking about the Game Boy port, I still prefer Link's Awakening, for example. Yes, agreed. I still think that's a that's a better game, which is which is funny, because that was originally going to be a, a just a port of A Link to the Past onto the uh, Game Boy. Yeah, it was, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do kind of... Stand by what I said. Oh, just out, just out of interest, did you did you not like a link between worlds then? Not particularly. No, no. I liked it better than Link to the Past, but I still, I just I, the dungeon, the way the levels are made up, feel so. It's like they made the level generator first and then went and put loads of blocks in and, and it doesn't seem to be any kind of theme to the dungeons, you know? And it and it's so hard to explain because when I'm in the level design and going through the levels, I could tell you exactly what I'm having problems with as I do it. But because I, can, I struggle to pinpoint certain parts of the game because the game is so samey from beginning to end... That I I can't remember what dungeon is in what and what what it is and all the power ups and stuff. I know what it is. I know exactly what my problem is with that game. Is because I played Ocarina of Time first. Right. I played the original Zelda, which I still think is good because of the the fact that when I bought it, it came with the manual okay. and a map, and that is how that game is supposed to be played. And when you play it like that, yeah. when you've got the box on the floor or the map scrolled out, that's kind of what it is, and that's lost in the digital age because they just released the game and you're missing half the clues that used to come in the manual and the, and the thing. So I, I, I've got that nostalgia for that game. Yeah. However, for Link to the Past, I didn't play that game until it was a ROM on a download for um, something. Then I played it on the Wii Virtual Console and I yeah. played it on the Game Boy Advance when okay. it was released on that. They're the three times I played it. So I didn't have nostalgia for it, and I'd already done Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, Skyward Sword, I think, even. And then going back to that, after hearing what everybody said was so good, I was like, again, like exactly what you said, Mike, I've done all this, but I've done it better in a, in a different game, mm-hmm. and this is almost like me playing with handcuffs on. And yeah. that's the main reason. But I can't... I, I, regardless of that fact, I still can't believe that there's people out there that will go, this is the greatest Zelda game ever, and everything else else after that was just a copy of this game no no that's like saying i don't know f-zero the first one is the best f-zero game even though they went proper 3d and super fast graphics what you're talking about it's just yeah anyway well yeah well there's a really big youtuber on um that that does zelda reviews called um uh, king k i don't know if you've heard of him no i haven't no but he um he did a video on a link to the past and he was basically like it's fine and he got like so much slander from everyone. Like, Everybody loves that game. Yeah. It's 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 one of those games. I think it's the it's the not quite to that extent, but it's the Final Fantasy VII effect of everyone says it's such an amazing game that when you play it, you can't help but be a little bit disappointed. I think it's probably closer to playing Final Fantasy VI, and Ocarina of Time is like Final Fantasy VII. 
Right. Because when you played when you play Final Fantasy VI when it first came out, mm-hmm. there was nothing else like it, and it was blowing your socks off. Yeah. And the same with this. The the the, the amount of weapons that you carried around and the 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 different dungeons and how big the map was although you're probably right it's not as big as i think it is but the way you navigate it makes it feel like it's the size of the united states um <laughs> it's it was all of that at the time that made you feel that but when the here's here's an example i used the hook shot for the first time in ocarina of time okay when you use the hook shot and link to the past it doesn't really compare compared as it it pales in comparison from what you use it in there and that that pretty much sums up the whole game for me is that every time i picked up something that was supposed to be amazing i'd already played it in 3d and therefore it was a downgrade so with that stripped back i think the gameplay the level makeup um the the way the level the the game is paced just doesn't hold up the rest of it oh okay so yeah um what was that was your Seven? Yeah, so number six, you've got to rattle off, I'm pretty sure. Number six. Um, now we're going to have a flip of uh, a coin on this one, because I know exactly what you're going to say. Well, I don't know exactly what you're going to say, but I know you're not going to agree. Yeah. Um, my number six is Yoshi's Island. Okay. Um, Yoshi's Island was the swan song of... <laughs> Mike's like rubbing his face. Um, Yoshi's Island was like the swan song of the Super Nintendo uh, from the, the Mario team. And the, the it has its problems, but it was such a blast to play through as Yoshi and have all of his abilities, like his helicopter, his um, mole tank, and how that changed the level very similar to how the animal buddies did it in donkey kong mm-hmm. but it was a unlike donkey kong where if you failed you kind of just lost your animal buddy and carried on in yoshi's island you kind of had to master those skills to be able to get past the level the enemies were very varied and they put different challenges on you and there was always something different to see on every level as you played through from the fuzzies to what, how the shy guys would act one day. They're on stilts the next time. They got like uh, spears. So the enemies were very varied. The biggest thing that I loved about Yoshi's Island was the boss diversity. The the ways you had to beat the bosses um, and what you had to do to beat them, again, was very different. And throwing eggs and that, that whole kind of bouncing eggs off walls and what you could do with that just made it a lot of fun to look for secrets and was a skill on its own and that last boss where you take on baby bowser and that music hits is such a massive diversity shift from the rest of the game where you go through this happy kind of do 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 kind of happy go lucky kind of trot trot through this mystical land that looks like a storybook and then you get to that last boss and that and that electric guitar hits, and you, you're throwing massive eggs into the background of Baby Bowser with such a great finale as well. Um, I think the atmosphere of Yoshi's Island was fun. I think its level diversity was great. I think its control system was very interesting, um, and there was always a different challenge to challenge every aspect of what you could do on a controller and a platform. Now I'm going to hand over to my buddy Mike over here, who's going to tear all that to shreds and tell me what he really thinks. Now... Okay. <laughs> this, this isn't. I don't think this is going to be quite the teardown. Maybe you were expecting. Um, really? I put I put Yoshi's Island in my honourable mentions. So oh. I acknowledge 
that it is a game that people like, okay? <laughs> it's so first first of all, right? I'll 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 mention the problem that I probably am the only person that faces of this game is the fact that I am a sucker for completing games as we've established. Yeah. And to complete a level in Yoshi's Island, it basically requires you to not get hit at all. Mm, sort of, yeah. For the most part, it's like you've got you collect your whatever they are, those little star ribbon yeah. things, and like you've if you get hit, you like lose them. Yes. So you pretty much have to make it through the entire level well, getting hit no. maybe once or twice. You can hit you can get hit, but you can recover those stars before you get to the end and you can back. It can be so pretty if you, if you... pretty tough to especially in more of the difficult levels, like to well, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay. But I found right. that no, I found no, that no, like getting the flowers and stuff was fine and like the red coins and things, but those that one particular um collectible annoyed me. Um <laughs> Okay, yeah. Also, like, this is um, a definitely a my my general my interest in games and stuff like that sort of shining through how it sort of differs from yours, which is which is a an, a problem I'll I'll guarantee bring up with a, a game later on in your list, mm-hmm. um, is the fact that I feel like I'm playing a game that ha- has a bunch of levels in it but it doesn't feel like like one I, i've always talked about the how you feel like you're tra- you're traversing through like a world in donkey kong country whereas i feel like with this and and no doubt we'll talk about later with with mario world it feels like you're going through an ob a, like a group of just levels it feels like if there was a yoshi's island maker the game would look exactly the same as it does in Yoshi's Island, and I, I haven't I played any of the sequels, so I haven't. I can't say much. That I know people like Woolly World, but um, like I, I, the gameplay leaps fun. Like the the music's nice. It's it's it all right. It's a game that I don't care for, but I don't have anything against or like if someone's like oh yeah i like yoshi's island i'm like i, I get it i just don't myself <laughs> you know i respect I, I, it but i don't it's not for me yeah I, I, I can't argue too too much with what you're saying now i think um you're right i think a game feels like you're progressing in it more when they group the types of stages together yeah um like they do in donkey kong however there has been critique of Mario doing that too much to the other side. So yeah. you'll have all the ice levels together and no one likes ice levels. You know, you'll have all the water levels together and it becomes a bit monotonous. So I think what they tried to do with Yoshi's Island was answer that criticism by spreading them out a bit more and having more diversity in them. But I think its progression was more on the bosses. It was one of the first games since Mario Brothers 2, our uk mario brothers 2 where it had like mini bosses mm-hmm. like four levels you get a boss four levels you get a boss it was that for me was more of the progression yeah. plus it actually gave you something for for getting 100 you actually got extra levels for for getting more in in there so it was a, there was a payoff and a reward that things like donkey kong country didn't give you know it didn't just give you lives yeah, it also gives you extra levels to play 
Then there was the mini games, which were actually quite fun and a nice change of pace. So when you went through the end ring and you got a some, uh, sorry, a, a daffodil, is it a daffodil or a daisy? I'm not too sure. Daisy, right. isn't it? You get mini games to play against um, to get more lives and more bonuses. And then there was the bandit mini games where you had to yeah. press the button combination to pass the bubble back. All of that just sort of came together in this lovely little, it felt like a Mario party, but it was a platform game. You know, okay. they, I understand every level just had this new. When you got a star and you went super with Baby Mario, and yeah. the, the game suddenly turned into this kind of meat, super Meat Boy esque type thing where you're running up the walls, and if you jump yeah. wrong, you kind of have to start all over again. That for me was a fantastic send off for the Super Nintendo, where I've played all these great platforming games, but Yoshi's Island gave me this last challenge and says, "Right, you've been playing it for ten, you know, five, five, six years, whatever it was." Now we're going to test every aspect of your platforming knowledge. Can you get through this game? And I do honestly think that Yoshi's Island is a complete package like that. I don't off, I don't really like the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack suits Yoshi. And I'm not a massive fan of Yoshi as a character. He's not what I choose in Mario Party or Mario Kart, for example. No. But his personality is fantastic and it does suit his 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 you know his style and game. So I can't say it's as good as things like Donkey Kong Country because it doesn't have the complete package that way. But from a gameplay skill level, Yoshi's Island is fantastic. Okay. What is uh, your number six, Mike? My number six. This will shock you to the core. You will be. You will audibly. I, my body is ready. You'll audibly shout what? And if you're drinking something, no doubt you'll spit it out. And I'm just, I just finished my drink, so that's probably the best oh, time to sort okay. of lay it on me. Go on it. And it's the most recent SNES game I've played, which is Final Fantasy VI. Oh, God! <laughs> oh, after all those complaints that you had. Look, all right. Defend yourself, sir. What, what are you on about? Final Fantasy VI is like the... It's like if if I went to a park and and one of the one of the things you could use is at the park was a game Final Fantasy VI would be the seesaw. All right, you you got you 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 like you meet you meet a, uh, characters. You know you meet like Locke, uh, Terra, Edgar, uh, Sabin, and you're like yeah, wow, like these. These these are, are cool characters. I'm having fun, and then you'll meet a character who's just like, "Why are you here? You literally contribute nothing." You know, I'll play. I'll play as a, I'll be in the combat, and I'll be doing like the blitzes as as Saban, wherever basically like fighting moves, where you have to fight like fighting game inputs, and that's really fun. And then you've got another character who um, just mimics other characters, and it's just doesn't really contribute much you've got the soundtrack that's that's uh fantastic you've got the story beats it hits the highest of highs and the averagest of averages you've got like <laughs> it's it's a game that that it's it, it's i'm constantly wrestling whether i think it's amazing or whether i think it's just okay but <laughs> It, looking at my list, I have no qualm saying that I prefer it to Castlevania, uh, a Punch Out, and a Link to the Past. Donkey Kong Country will 
I've committed to my list now, but who knows? What? No, I don't. I think this is time. You you can still salvage this. You you can redeem yourself if you just move this down the list. We can we can edit the podcast and move this entry down if you like. I'm I'm willing to do it. <laughs> How could you say this was better than Donkey Kong Country? You're even looking at your list now and going, I don't know, Bill. I ain't got a clue. It's 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 hard because I think it's almost like like I guess it's like looking at a game like like if someone said what's your favourite game on the Game Boy, right? And someone was like, Tetris. You'd be like, well, I don't think... Like, I think... Like, I can't say Tetris is a bad game, but it just hasn't got the scope of, like, A Link's Awakening. And, like, not saying that Tetris is equivalent to Donkey Kong Country, but it's just, like, it's it's hard to... I guess it's... it's, it's when you look at the scope of a Final Fantasy VI... It, it's there's so much more things you can get wrong that it's almost like I appreciate the things that got right more than Donkey Kong Country because 2D platformers had been done so right up to that point where I feel like when it comes to RPGs that was kind of when they were just sort of finding their footing. Let me let me put it this way, right? And then I'm going to go back to a point you said earlier and actually give my take uh, okay. objectively on Final Fantasy VI. All right, that's fair. I've got a gun to your head. Okay. And you can only pick one game, okay. Final Fantasy VI or Donkey Kong Country, and that's what you have to play for the rest of your life. And as soon as you say I'm bored or ah, oh, I'm going to pull that trigger. Right. Which game are you going to choose? Uh, I'd, 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 I'd pick Donkey Kong Country. Exactly. So how is that low on your list? Well, I think that's a that that's uh, that a bloody good point, Bill. That's Thank a, you, that's Mike. a debate for another day. But if you were like. like <laughs> But, like, in terms of talking about... Because, for example, there are games that I think are fantastic, but if you were like, do you want to play them again and again and again, I'd be like, absolutely not. I think it's just, like... It's obviously... You, you, said, you said earlier that Final Fantasy VI is like the seesaw at the park, right? Okay. I couldn't agree more. It's the one that everyone goes, oh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And then when you actually go on it... You get a wet ass because it's been raining. You jump up and down and you hurt your back and your and your ass because landing on a seesaw is never fun, you know. And there's always somebody who's a lot lighter. So when you jump and you you got the oh yeah I'm in the air and then when you come down it's like massive crash, you know. Nobody likes the seesaw and someone will fall <laughs> off and hurt their leg. That's what Final Fantasy VI is. You're absolutely right. Now, if they remade that game, mm. it would be the greatest RPG that was ever made. My problem is not with the design of it or the characters or the world or the story. It was because the Super Nintendo couldn't handle it. Well, actually, no, I, I don't know if that's true. I look at things like we're going to speak about uh, later on on my list and graphically what the Super Nintendo could do. You look at Castlevania that we spoke about, Punch-Out, um, Yoshi's Island, in fact, a great example. Um, all of those games... Turtles Tournament Fighters had expression in their characters. Mm -hmm. They oozed personality and they moved around the screen in these giant sprites and they, they told a story through their pixels. The problem I have with Final Fantasy VI is it's like playing a shadow puppet paper game. All of the characters look like they're on sticks that someone's just drawn on a 2D piece of paper and they're just moving around the, the, the stage. They're not expressing. And when they do, they do this horrible kind of 
face, which I know this is a podcast and you can't see what I've just done, but what I mean is is that it's like you're playing a lo- around with a load of paper cutouts. There's and they're they're trying to do these serious storylines where you know Kefka poisons a whole spoilers for a game that's like thirty years old, but Kefka poisons an entire castle of people, you know, and that's really dark. But it just doesn't come across in the graphics because they've chosen to use these tiny little sprites that only have like a few dots for their eyes and things. And and when they do a massive attack, like when you do a summon in that game, they just move on this actually pretty detailed sprite. But it doesn't move. It doesn't breathe. It doesn't do anything. It just floats onto the screen. There's a flash. It floats off, and then it. I do does think something. I do think there's a weird juxtaposition between the design of the enemies with the design of the character sprites. Like, yeah. sometimes Kafka is, like, this small, like, pixelated, uh, you know, chibi guy, and sometimes he's, like, a big, massive, um, like, portrait almost of him. Yes. I always found that was a bit weird. I think... Yeah. Like, yeah, it's weird that as well how the sprites are, like... It's not that they don't emote. It's more so that they look like they were all made on the same bit of paper and they just slightly changed the hairstyles yeah or, or they, the they ran out of face so they had to start like sort of sellotaping bits together to try and make like, there's character. no there's no proportional differences between the characters like you look no. like you could literally pick one up and place it on top of the other one and you wouldn't be able to see the one behind <laughs> it so yeah, I think a lot of its biggest story moments, or as great as they are, with a bit of imagination behind them, and maybe mm. that's what people like. If you've got an imagination, like reading a book, or when you play like Dungeons and Dragons or a board game, you can fill in the blanks. Yeah. But God damn it, I'm playing a Super Nintendo game. This this console has had some of the most expressive, bright and colourful graphics of any generation, and they just did not do that with Final Fantasy VI. The soundtrack is great. And the sound chip does as best as it can, but it needs a full orchestrated score to really deliver those big moments. Because all of those dark brooding moments or those romantic moments and those bits where they're dancing around at the you know, the orchestra and all that kind of stuff, it just looks so stupid. It doesn't it doesn't look right. And it, it needs to be taken seriously because it's trying to deliver a serious storyline and it and it can't. And like when when characters die in that game, again, spoiler alert. Um, I'm just not invested. Like again, going back to what you were saying, Mike, about some characters just not really having that much of an impact. Um, even when they did, it just—it's like I don't get that caught up with a kind of a jumping up and down GIF. You know, <laughs> when, when that jumping up and down GIF, it goes all right. Yeah, I just press Control. I, I do find it—I find it boggling that the first four Final Fantasy games got like PSP and like PS1 like remakes essentially but then they just sort of gave up and like five and six never got touched if six got a remake like that i'd I'd have a different tune i honestly Mm. would and that's we've said all that and now this on this this is the big moment mike where i'm like i can't believe you if you put it on 10 i probably would have let you off the hook yeah but the fact you've put it here i remember and we had a long conversation about this, about how frustrating that game is with its random battles right. and those dungeons where you were sitting there going, please let it end. <laughs> Get me out. <laughs> how have you forgotten about all this? The ending's good, but it's not that good. Why have you forgotten about it's all these horrible for, it's random It's not that I've forgotten. 
It's the Pokemon problem I spoke about on an earlier episode. It's that when I've She's taken... She's for you, Mike. Let it go. It's, 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 it's that thing of when I've taken time away from it, I look back at it and go, oh, yeah, that was that was really nice. It's like... I, I, Whoa. It's like... It's like a toxic relationship. It is. And then, and then you have everyone around you going, oh my God, this is amazing. And you're like, oh, oh, is it? Oh, it must be. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're like that person that goes to the party and goes, yeah, do you know about that guy? Oh, he's so annoying, and he smells, and every time he turns up, everybody hates him. And then someone goes, actually, I think he's all right. And you go, yeah, he's actually all right, and, he, and he's, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Final Fantasy VI, if it got a remake, um, and I'm not even talking about a massive like, Final Fantasy VII remake kind of remake. It just needs an update. It needs so many things treated with it. Um, it needs... If it looks like Final Fantasy IV on DS, even if it looks like the play, the PSP 1 and 2 remakes that they did, I would be so much more forgiving on that game. But there's no excuse when you see the other games that are on the, the lists that we've got here that a game can look that poor and have that many problems with it and still be held in high regard when the, the hardware can do so much better. Instead, you've got to settle for the uh, Pixel remasters on Steam. And oh. mobile. Don't touch it. It's a classic. No, it needs a lot of work. Okay, they, they've actually. To to be fair to them, they've actually made the pixels worse. So. Uh, I don't even know that was possible. Uh, they've they've made them look more. Um. Smudgy, I guess is the is. <laughs> is that a word? I don't know. It's a, it's a loving teddy bear that you've had since you were two years old, and now it either needs to be thrown in the bin, or you need a new teddy bear. It's not a, it's not a classic. This is aged like milk. People, I, I will admit, people who say the soundtrack is like um, Tetsin, um, Nimura... Oh, no, that's wrong fucking person. Uh, people who say... Um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, oh, um, no, Nobu Uematsu. People who say that's his finest um, soundtrack... I don't agree with i think he's done better stuff since and uh, there's better yeah. soundtracks on the super nintendo i think yeah there, there's it's a great soundtrack again i just feel it needs an orchestra behind it and it needs some remixes there's some there's some remixes that people have done online uh of that game mm -hmm. where especially kefka's theme um dancing mad there's yeah. some amazing soundtracks like remixes of that but the original one that's on the original hardware it always was a bit squeaky yeah i, and... I don't i list i've not listened to any ren other renditions other than the version that's in the game and everyone goes oh my god it's as it's as good as um one winged angel from final fantasy 7 and i'm like no not even <laughs> it close. is it is if it's remixed by some of the same kind of instruments and i think what people do is they listen to these soundtracks but they're listening to remixes of the soundtracks, right. not the one from the actual game. I'll send you some some remixes, and you you might change your mind on a few of them. But yeah, yeah it's, it's a fantastic game that needs a remake. When it gets a remake, it might even be my top RPG of all time. But until then, it's like I don't know, playing a flip book. It's 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 not the greatest RPG in the world, and it's jank as all hell. Okay. Right. So number right. five. Where are we? Number five. Halfway through the list. Halfway. We're doing all right for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, number five. Now, uh, this is where 
I think you might be shocked with a few. My number five on the list is Super Metroid. Okay. All right. Now, Super Metroid is one of the greatest platformers ever made. But because there's been other Metroid games now, Mm -hmm. it's starting to show its age. Okay. Um, And going back and playing Super Metroid... It always feels like the one that... How do I explain this? Before I go into the good points, I just want to explain why it's not number one on my list, because I'm a big Metroid fan. But it's falling out of favour for me, because things like wall jumping in Super Metroid... Right. It's it's perfectly fine when you get the rhythm, but trying to find it for the first time when you first get it, it's a bit jank. It's not not so smooth. Things like the, the flash jumps... Um, you know, where you run, get build it up, press jump, and then you go up. Yeah. There's parts in that game where you have to try and get an item and you have to be pixel perfect, even outside of the fact that the pixels are there, yeah. where Samus will just hit a wall and you're like, I was nowhere near that wall. You know? Um, it's still a fan... Also, the bits where you're under, like, underwater is just so frustrating, trying to jump out of pits and stuff. Just... Right. I, I played all the Metroids. I love mm-hmm. them all. I really yeah. do. But there's things about Super Metroid that just have a... They're, they're starting to age. In a game that's supposed to be ageless, I think they've done it better now. And I, if I'm going to be judging things like Final Fantasy VI, um, I have to judge Metroid, one of my favourite series, is the same way. And when you've played Return of Samus, um, the re- recent remake on the DS, um, Metroid Dread... And even things like fusion, to a certain degree, Super Metroid's control-wise and gameplay-wise just is a bit janky. But that being said, I love the bosses. I love the map. I love the progression system. I love its legacy that it gives. I love how there's for the longest time people were finding new ways to speed run that game, and it was so exciting to see how people have managed to bypass certain things. I love. Uh, I didn't find out about like the animal saves that you can do towards the end, and what I mean, it doesn't really make a make massive difference to the ending, but it still has a knock-on effect for the rest of Fusion. How all those other Metroid games have branched off what Super Metroid did, and it's like story pro- progress, and how something when you play Metroid, you kind of think there wasn't much of a story, but when you play them all back to back, Super Metroid has such an impact on all the other games that it almost builds this kind of story out of all of the games just through the atmosphere alone, even though it barely says a word. Um, So it's it's a fun game to play. It's a very skillful game to play. It is starting to show show its age, otherwise it probably would have been my number one on the list. But as, as as a game itself, I just think it has such a legacy and it's so enjoyable to play for the most part that, yeah, I, if it's not on your top 10 list, I don't know what you're doing. I think uh, with, with Super Metroid, going back to my comment about Link to the Past, I'd say Super Metroid is the first good Metroid game. People you're might, right. I, like, I think with Super Metroid, the... The wall jumping, like you said, is is jank, and let it, I can consistently do it no problem now. But when I first started playing it, it was a bit a bit of a nightmare. The space jump, I still can't get. I find there is moments where I'm like, I timed that perfectly. Yeah, I, and the, still you the grapple hook, and more oh, specifically, yeah, grapple, yeah. Um, getting to the grapple hook through your menu, how you have to keep spamming. Yes. 
the button Change that buttons. that frustrates me. However, Super Metroid is Super Metroid is ridiculously fun, and it has such a incredible atmosphere that you feel like it feels almost mysterious and it feels um foreign in a sense you feel like when you're traveling through like meridia underwater and uh, the the pixel art is impeccable on you know you look at like samus's design which i think i still think um super metroid looks better visually than the game boy advance games um and i'm not a fan really of the, the how um samus returns looks but that's more of a fact that 3ds games in general look a bit look a bit rough um but i think one of my one of the best things about super metroid it for me is that i've gotten to the point with the game now that i've played it through so many times i'm looking for ways to get items early and ways to completely break the game which would sound would in any other game that would sound like a negative like oh it's so easy to break the game but metroid super metroid more than any other metroid game gives you the tools to break the game and it it doesn't um because there's no cutscenes or anything there's nothing that gets ruined by breaking the game there's nothing you know breaking the game doesn't require you to hug a wall until you glitch through it um there's a certain like joy to it i remember beating like the first boss in the game as like my fourth boss in the game and i completely like i got i i ended up without before i got the grappling hook i ended up getting getting the gravity suit and i ended up getting like all the beam types before i got like pretty much like anything else and i remember just finding that so fun to learn how to do all these exploits and i can get about 10 minutes into the game i can get super missiles and it's just there's just a certain magic to super metroid which is not something i've really seen in any other game and another thing is from my mindset which we we've established that i'm more of a completionist than you are absolutely one of the issues with the later metroid games which is something you might not have clued into is that most Metroid games have uh, basically a victory lap where you'll get to a point in the game, like Zero Mission has this problem, where there's so many things on so many different parts of a map that you can't get to unless you get power bombs. Now, mm-hmm. power bombs you get pretty much when you're right outside the final boss door. Yes. So then you ha- you've got all this momentum, you're just about to fight the final boss... And then the game says, okay, you want 100% the game, run around the entire map and clean sweep everything, which completely kills the pace. Now, Super Metroid, without doing any game breaks, I can quite comfortably get every single item, every single thing, and by the time I get to, like, Ridley's Lair, I've completely 100%ed all the items, which means that without, without breaking the flow of anything, I can... I almost have this rhythm of getting all the items and it it's 
it's really satisfying to do. And I don't think any game, Metroid game since, which, like I said, is something you probably haven't clued into, has that kind of flow to it, even if you are going for 100%, provided, obviously, you know where all the items are. I agreed for the most part. I do. I, I totally will know what you mean by that victory lap thing and how it breaks the pace. Um, what I tend to do is is finish the game at that point and yeah. then reboot my save and then do that victory lap you're talking about. Yeah. And I think that is something they need to avoid. I don't. I don't like that myself. However, Super Metroid as a map, reading that map and trying to get a hundred percent, I actually, uh, you're right. I'm not a completionist, but I'm more in, I'm more inclined to get a hundred percent in the later Metroids mm. because they give me tools to make it easier to do. Yeah. In Su- super Metroids map doesn't give you all the details you need to know. It doesn't, no, it, doesn't. It, it doesn't show what you, what you've picked up clearly, what door does what, why? Yeah. I don't think it even shows doors on the map. Does it? It just shows, I can't remember to be honest. Um, I might have to fact check that. I'll take that back if I'm wrong. But there's, the, I know for a fact the the, the map is not as detailed, and no. that almost works against you. If you know the game really well, and this is what I'm, this is why this list is difficult. Because on another day, I could do this on a games I know better, and I, I could play it recently, and this yeah. could be number one on my list again in a snap. Because once we start playing it again, and I know how familiar I am with that game, that's fine. But the way I've ranked it at the moment is. When I go back to it, that initial thought of when I pick up a Super Nintendo game, I always am reminded that Super Metroid now has gone so much further and there's new games in the series that going back is difficult yeah. for Super Metroid or getting difficult. And for the longest time, Super Metroid was the only Metroid game um, that you could play because it took ages for Zero Mission to come out in Fusion. And as good as those games are, they're not as big as Super Metroid. Okay, And then... Then when Metroid Prime came out and and you know now Dread and things, there's a lot less reasons to go back to Super Metroid now. And even if you do, those those kind of warts are starting to show, and that's why it's yeah. kind of fifth on my list. And it's still a fantastic game. And like I said, come to me on a different day and I'll move it. Um, but I I just have to be objective and say I don't go back to the Super Nintendo as much just to play this game like I did before. I do think there's there's a, a growing. I, I I follow a lot of like Metroid groups, fan groups and stuff, and there is this growing sustain towards Super Metroid. Like people are I mean, starting to turn on it almost, and um, it's it's almost like the uh, the effect of like oh this game's overrated, um, I don't like it. But it was also people playing it for the first time and just not seeing it hold up to modern sensibilities, which. Is is fair to an extent, but I still think, you know, regardless of that, it's still a great game. I think Metroid is probably my favourite franchise in video games. Right. And that's how how much I high, hold those games up in high esteem. However, what what makes my spine quiver for a game franchise that's been held back for so long and out of people's eyes because it's it was considered quite niche but now all the indie game developers are making metroidvania games so yeah. people are going where's it all started and metroid dread started up yeah what what sends shivers down my spine is you play metroid dread which is a fantastic game and the first game that metroid fans tell you to play afterwards is super metroid and i still think that's a big mistake it should be one of the others because super metroid in I think it's a 50-50 split of whether it actually puts you off the franchise because of how dated some of the stuff is. 
And there's just as many people out there who goes, you cannot touch that game. They better never remake it. But honestly, there's a few bits in there for new fans that they need to remake it. I think the problem with Super Metroid, at least, well, I'm sure we'll go deeper into this on another day, but the problem with a Super Metroid remake is is not the controls, because I think they could be refined. It's not um, the menu navigation or the maps. It's everything else you risk losing. Like, the atmosphere any atmosphere that was attempted in like the metroid 2 remake is completely lost and there's some points in that game where that is um i'll obviously go into it more another time but the atmosphere that the game boy original original was going for is is just completely butchered in the uh, remake yeah i agree and metroid dread its biggest flaw in my eyes was its music and atmosphere. Yeah. It didn't it it didn't hit the same notes as that kind of fleshy uh, alien-esque kind of yeah. you're you're on your own kind of feeling and I get that. I don't I don't even know if the team that do those games should remake Super Metroid no. as much as I trust them because I think they'll miss the point if they can't get the music right. That's the that's the key thing. They've never made like a kind of remakes nowadays are a bit too shiny. If you know yeah, what I mean. they've lost yeah, some of that, that grit that made this those original... fleshing, almost floral. Mm. You know, this, this yeah. what Super Metroid is, and I, I understand that completely. However, if you're putting gameplay at the key front, like I often try to do, yeah, people going back to play Super Metroid now. The more people do that, the more I think they give up on the franchise because it is, it can be pretty janky. Compared I honestly to think you're better off giving it to like a Hollow Knight developer or like a, you know, one Maybe. of these like indie sort of 2d you know that's what that's what i think anyway but going on to my number five yes um let's let's carry on um i don't know i'm actually interested to see what you think about this game um but i i enjoy it quite a bit and that is uh mega man x oh right okay so mega man x there's something i've i've tried to i've played through mega man x2 um, not played through any of the others in the X series, but Mega Man X two. There was something. Maybe it's because I played the first one, but there was something missing that I think the first one had, and I've never been able to put my finger on it. But with the first Mega Man X, um, which, which just for context, uh, contextual purposes, was the first Mega Man game I played. So Mega Man X was the first one. Okay. Um, there, there be. The fact that you can upgrade your your like health and you can get different equipment, like you can get a dash ability and you can get a more powerful arm cannon, that is stuff that I think I, I really enjoy in games. I like, I always like an upgrade system in a game, whether whether that's you know any um you know energy tanks in Metroid or or whatever. I've always liked that. So like mm-hmm. Mega Man Two for example, which is considered like the best Mega Man, not having that doesn't doesn't gel with me as well. I think this the soundtrack in the game is fantastic. Um you think of like the opening the opening theme or you think about the different stages, like you've got Chill Penguin or you've got um you know Flame Mammoth and all that. I think that's also a, a a reason why I like it. it, you know, it was the first introduction of of Zero, Zero as a character, 
who I've always thought looked you know really cool. But other than that, I think there's always a with compared to the original Mega Man games, there's more of an emphasis on combat than there is on platforming. Whereas I feel like with the original Mega Man games, the NES ones and well, the, just the original series of them games, focus more on cheap, shitty platforming. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> deaths. You've got like um, platforms that'll just disappear. You've got all this like just crap way you've got Mega Man X where you can you know jump up walls or you've got you can uh, you know do your, your little dash attack and you can you know and you've still got all that rock paper scissors type you know boss design that I really enjoy and it's also just it's I like it for the same reason I like games like Donkey Kong Country in the sense it's just a really comfortable game at this point to just power through like that's why I've put it higher than like a Final Fantasy VI, um, and you know games like A Link to the Past is because even though I've I don't struggle with it like I used to, I still find it a really fun game to just go from start to finish. I'm interested to see what you think about Mega Man X. Mega Man's a tough series for me because I have played them through all of them and and finished. Uh, I think I finished one to seven in the originals okay. and one to six maybe on the X games. Okay. And where everybody else has said, you know, they hold them in these high regards, I I blast through them so quickly mm. um, that they they I don't I don't know. I think you kind of have to play them for a bit to to sort of salve savor them for for a moment. Yeah. But just keep them with X for the moment because, like you said, oh, this is this is a conversation we can have for another day. But sticking with X. The problem I have with Mega Man X is that, like you said, it is more combat heavy. And I don't think the levels are, uh, although they look pretty cool, hmm. they're not really a test. They just, they're, they're, well, they are a test. They're a test of patience more. I don't find, I think wall jumping is quite slow. Um, you know, there's a part where you can jump into a mech and it, it doesn't really add anything. In fact, it makes the game more clumpy. Yeah. So kind of like a, a useless power up. It's it's trying very hard to add story to its mechanics. Like it has, um, oh, what's his name? It's not poison. I was going to say poison. The the purple robot with the gun on his shoulder. Uh, isn't it like vile or something? Vile. Yeah. Good. Well done. Yeah, vile. They try and paint him as a big bad guy, but you know, there's all these. They, they introduce all these story bits and and beats, and I I don't think it actually delivers. And if anything, it makes it weighs down the Mega Man formula, which really is which order do I do the bosses in? How do I get the power-ups? And, and it, it, all that gets in the way of, of what the game's mechanics and gameplay sort of be. I can highly respect people who like Mega Man. Yeah. Um, and I've seen some really good players and how they do it. And this is my theory. I don't think I've played the game enough. Even though I finished it, mm-hmm. even though I've maybe played it two or three times, I don't think you truly enjoy a Mega Man game until you've got to the point where you know where every power-up is, that you know the boss order off by heart, and that you know which order how you're going to tackle the game. Um, it's only then when you start truly enjoying it because then you can start ma- you manipulating the mechanics. For me, I, I could look at any Mega Man game, look at the boss, and go, I have no idea which one I've got to beat first. Yeah. And going in as generic Mega Man without any power ups and and hitting a boss that is ridiculously hard. It leaves me with this sense of I've just played through a level, mm-hmm. got which was kind of mediocre, 
music was great, but the, the level design was kind of mediocre. Yeah. Got to the last, got to the boss. He completely creamed me in a few shots. Yeah. Because I didn't have the weapon to beat him. So then I go back right. to the menu and try a different level, only for me to go through that again until I get the right level. And yes, you can go online and get a, get a guide. I understand that. But you still have that same issue, especially with X, that you don't get in the original Mega Man's when you get onto um, the last boss. Yeah. But when you've got all the power-ups, he's actually a reasonable challenge. If you go in there with no power-ups, you might as well start your whole game again. And then you suddenly think, well, have I wasted my time? But like I said, you don't have that problem when you played the game enough. I think almost. I, I think like for you, I honestly rec- like think just play maybe play through it with like a general like a lit like a boss order list or something. Yes, because like it. and maybe like just a, just a something that's like oh these upgrades are in these levels because like like one of the things that is is great about Mega Man X, which the um, original series doesn't do. I don't even think the sequels to Mega Man X do this. Is the boss order actually affects the levels too. Yes, yeah, it does. So, yeah. like the, I think there's, I think it's like if you, I can't remember exactly, but it's like if you do something like the water level first, the level where there's loads of like electric um, obstacles, they've all like been shut off, so mm-hmm. they don't work. So that that platforming challenge challenge is a lot easier. Um. But I think it's it's hard to explain. I think it's it's weird between the two of us because I guess I hold um a, it hard for a lack of a better term I hold a game's like vibe in a lot higher regard than you do. Whereas you're sort of a lot more like like almost as if if the game was with stick stick men right. But the game, yeah. but the gameplay was like the f- most, the tightest, most well designed game you've ever played. You'd be like, "Oh my god, that's the greatest game I've ever played." Whereas I'd look at that and go, "Yeah, but the art design isn't very good, or the, <laughs> the you know." Well, except Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy VI, VI is the yeah. uh, exception but to that rule. You know, yeah, what, you know what I'm yeah. saying. I think like where, whereas like I'll be like, "Oh, the music and like the 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 sprite art looks great and." And the, the bosses are fun to fight, whereas... Because you're not... I think this is an interesting thing about our conversation, is you'll be like, I don't like this game because this, 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 and this. And then like, I listen to your opinion, and I'm like, you're not wrong, but I still enjoy it anyway. It's it's a weird yeah. it's a weird thing. When I say to you what comes to your mind with Mega Man, and you'll probably talk about the bosses, the graphics, and stuff like that. If, if The way my mind works, I don't go to the music first of all or i don't go to the the graphics i start visioning parts of the gameplay that makes me go oh i don't want to play this yeah things like the wall jumping whenever i think of mega man x i just constantly see myself wall jumping and it just it looks dumb for a start and it's slow and it's just it's just not fun to do and then there's other things like his charge shot i because i didn't play it with a guide um all I had was this charge shot, and that yeah. takes so long to charge, and it does so little damage, and and it's not the way you're supposed to play that game. Even though no. you've got it, it's kind of a throwaway weapon because as soon as you get a power up, you don't use it. Yeah. So, I just think, whenever I think of Mega Man, I think of going in the wrong boss order, wall jumping, and it takes ages, charging my arm cannon and making it go, whoosh, 
and then it does virtually nothing or you know that, that cannon should kill a boss like or take a huge chunk of its life or, or hit an enemy you know but for me it's kind of like i'm just you know, i got this massive ah, 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 you know it just doesn't doesn't quite have the same effect so those gameplay mechanics put me off Mega Man X. However, like I said, that would all go away if I played that more than some of the other games on my list or, or give it more time because then I'd know where everything was yeah. and then I'd enjoy it more. I almost recommend like just getting a list up and spending like an afternoon just powering through the first one because I don't think... Uh, it's Maybe it's because like it's this might be controversial to some people, but, um, you know, who cares... Um, <laughs> but I think the Mega Man games are very samey. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you go from like like going from X one to like X two. I was like, I thought to myself, this is like the same, but not quite as polished. Yeah, like, I you agree go from you. like Mega Man. I don't know what. I assume like Mega Man six to X. I assume six was the last NES Mega Man game, but I could be wrong. Yes. Um, yeah, or at least yeah. the last one released before X came out. Anyway, you go from like the NES Mega Man games to like Mega Man X, and you go that's a ginormous leap. But then yeah. you go from like Mega Man <laughs> like six to nine, and it's still like eight bit. I know that's the aesthetic they were going for, but it almost feels like what it's you're because doing. seven and eight was seven and eight was such a bad Mega Man games. They were really awful. Um, but what, like I said, I honestly think I'm spot on with my opinion on where I'm at with Mega Man because yeah. I bought them all on the Switch collections recently. Okay. I'm gonna, so I am going to go back and try them again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have played the PSP ones and uh, as well, the PSP like 2.5 remakes that they did. Yeah. But I've, I now I've got more familiar with Mega Man 1 to 6 and yeah. I actually really enjoy those games. Okay. And I actually prefer them more than X. And I, at first, the younger me goes, how was that possible? Because Mega Man X just looks so much better and the character yeah. design is so much better. But I think it's big familiarity. I now know have have some idea of how you should tackle Mega Man 1 to 6, and I don't have that with X. So I reckon when I go back and play X, I'll yeah. probably pick that up. I'd say play X again, but if you play X and you're like, yeah, I still don't get it, I wouldn't recommend trudging along to like x2 and an x3 and x4 yeah. I don't think well that's what i did last time and i couldn't tell i played one to six x and i can't remember which one's which because they're just so so samey i couldn't tell you which one was all i can tell you is, is the bits that annoyed me i almost feel like, like the worst thing to do is to binge a Mega Man series because you yeah, do kind of get into, like the best way to play them is to play one and then just have a long break i don't think yeah. you can binge through it like you could in any other sort of series yeah and that that's, that's like what i i did because i missed a lot of them growing up um i didn't really buy them growing up i went back and played them afterwards and i did binge okay. them back to back and that was a mistake i think the way Mega Man was meant to be played is the way they were released which is one a year play it for the whole year get good at it and then the next one comes along yeah no i think um, so but it also is quite a daunting series to go into because there's just so many friggin many of them and there's not that they get worse they don't get better yeah so. Definitely. Right. Number four. Um, I've got, got a controversial one for you now, Ooh, and I know you're probably going to call me out on this, but that's fine. I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns. Okay. Uh, because you made the rules, but you know, you got to learn something with me, Mike. If there's an exploit, I'm going to take it. Oh, where are we um, going? Top, you, you said games, yeah? Okay. 
now all of these games are on one card. Is this the part where you say Mario All-Stars? Plus Super Mario World. Right. Now they're all on one card. That's one right. game. I, so, I, I find <laughs> issue with that. Well, you, you've got to make the rules clearer, I, my look, I understand if you just said, like, All-Star Collection, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. But then also lump in, like, Mario World in there as well. You, 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 I, I, you made the rules, and that's there was like, no... That's like saying if I went, oh, my my favourite game to play through on the PS4 was the Uncharted Collection. Be like, no, <laughs> that's three games. You, you've, got, you've, got, you've got to make this clear from the get-go. But even, even if it was going to be one of those games, I'd probably choose Mario All-Stars over Mario World because okay. of just how much variety is on there. Right. And when I was going down that path, I thought, well, if I'm going to choose Mario All-Stars and it's because there's more games on the cartridge than there is on Mario World on its own, I might as well just go with all of them and talk about Because you're not going to disagree with me the fact that once you've played one Mario game, you've kind of played them all, right? They're all kind of samey. Yeah, yeah, to some extent. Uh, more so yeah. more so with the, the new series. Oh, um, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. Yeah. I... I honestly think Mario All-Stars um, and Mario World as a package, as a complete package, is was such a crazy bargain back then. Yeah. When you just got from the NES and you've just then, all those games that you paid, I don't know, 50, 60 quid back in the day for one after the other, you've now got all on one cartridge. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like that, that already blew my mind. Then just the, that was the first instance i can remember of a game being remade right there was no kind of precedence about that ever being a thing that someone would just rebuild the game from the ground up and with new graphics it's like it, we, di we didn't even fathom that it was a thing so that that already blew my mind with the with the way it looked um and i do have my problems with it my my biggest issues is for example in mario brothers 3 mario doesn't have any gloves he's got flesh-coloured hands, which bothered me even as a kid now. Okay. And Mario Brothers 3 is not graphically enhanced to the same kind of polish as Mario Brothers 1 right. um, did. I don't know whether it's time constraints or whether they had a different team, but Mario Brothers 1 looks light years better than anything else um, graphics-wise on there. But it's just the whole the whole package of what that game does i know it's it's the vanilla platforming game and i it might be nostalgia that's t talking through every orifice of my being right but it's just something about the fact that it's the game if if someone had to go to me right i want to get into games where do i start i would always point them to that that package yeah because it just equips you with so much in the way of problem solving um in the way of learning how to use a controller um, in the level design of how it teaches you and what you learn, how you get through it. That game, that pack that I played growing up has just equipped me with so much. And the from the expressions of the characters, from the boss music, from the bosses themselves, and all of that kind of... Tr that, that, that progression where you learn all those skills. From the differences from Mario Brothers 2 to Mario World and all, all of that, it just has a complete package all on one game. Um, and I, every time I look at your face, I can see you getting more and more angry, Mike. So <laughs> I'm going to let you speak for a bit on this one. Well, 
Go first, first, I want to ask you... ask you one question because I'm uh, a question because I'm genuinely intrigued. You're if throwing you did, me off. So we go on, go if on. you did have to play devil's advocate and pick one of those, what is it? Five five games. Uh, yes. Yeah. Which which one would you say would be the the best out of them? <sighs> um. So, as in, which which do you prefer, Mario Three or Mario World? <laughs> that's really the question, that's isn't it? Hard decision. It's, it's, I I instinctively go to three. Right. But there's some great stuff in Worlds that makes that a very tough choice. But is it a better game though? What three than World? Is three a better game than World? Take the graphics out of it, because who cares? Well, I think Free has got a better level design, but World has more variety. Let me explain. So I think in Free, it takes one single mechanic and then uses that throughout the whole of that level, but that level is very short. Yeah. In World, you have more variety in what you do in each world, and the world is longer, but it's almost like, like they took the world and spaced it out rather than made it more concise and the power-ups just seem more like they mean something in free whereas in worlds once you got the cape the game's broken right and yoshi is the same all the other power-ups don't mean anything if you've got a cape or you've got well even yoshi you just leave yoshi behind once you've got the cape um so that's that's why i always have that struggle when most people do between free and free and world i think but that's why I lumped them all in together just to make this conversation easier myself. It's Mario All Stars. It's a single game, so therefore you got the complete package. You don't have to argue. I think. I think. I think we we can all agree that Mario is the is the white bread of the um, video game industry. But that's and not bad. White bread goes with a lot of stuff, Mike. It does go with a lot of stuff, but there is a lot of stuff that you can put on that bread to make it a delicious sandwich. But and like Mario, like. People complain that, like, oh, Mario's vanilla, Mario's overrated. Oh, look at Mario, like, um, you know, why does he get all the popularity when other series deserve it as much, if not more? I mean, come on, you've got you've got your first franchise with Donkey Kong and you can't even acknowledge his 40th anniversary. But, oh, look at Mario, 35, let's get him, like, 50 games to release. But, you know, <laughs> we're not bitter. That's fine. Let's not bring that up again. Um, but, like, I just think... I've maybe it's a nostalgia thing, but like, and I'm also a little bit bitter because um, I found New Super Mario Bros on the DS so um, unbelievably boring that I just swore off um, 2D platformers for almost the rest of my life up until like a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I just, I just this it, back to the what we what I said about Yoshi's Island is like there's almost like with Mario there's almost like there's something. And it definitely sort of illustrates the kind of people we are in terms of the games we enjoy. Um, but it's just something missing. I feel like I'm playing Mario Maker 2. That's what it feels like. It feels like no, I'm playing Super Mario. You are, technically. Like, <laughs> you are, technically, because that's what Mario Maker is. They've taken those bits. And but that's what I mean. Them. They feel like... They feel like... Uh, they don't feel any better designed... Or than some of the ones I've seen on on Mario Maker, and it's almost like like they 
I always I always appreciate when you play a game and there's one section of the game that doesn't feel like any other and Mario's very like here's your set of five to ten levels or whatever that all look like a desert here's your five to ten levels all look like green they're just green yeah, you said you said earlier that you gave yoshi's island a hard time because they didn't group the levels together now you're giving mario a hard time because it's do. not it's not the grouping of the levels it's the lack of um it's it's i don't want to say the lack it is kind of like the lack of like world building in a sense i, I guess um, I think maybe it's the fact that the graphics are better, but I always felt like Donkey Kong Country just did a way better job of making it feel like it was in a tangible world as opposed to uh, Mario. Always feels like even little touches, like <clears throat> be you know, if you could see your final destination far off in the horizon when you walk in platforming through the level, or like you see like dynamic changes, like maybe the last like platforming challenge of like the greenery you start to see it mold into like the desert plains you know you start to see sand sort of creeping in obviously it's a, a lot from I, think a, I, I know exactly what you're saying and I, I can't disagree with any of your points i think you're spot on but there's something about the simplicity of mario that always keeps me coming back to it mm-hmm. where other games will try and add more like you say to that ham sandwich yeah um I like a ham sandwich, you know. If right. you just could you put tomato in it, it makes the bread a bit soggy, you yeah. know. It's, it's the ham wouldn't do that. You could say you've got more for your money because you got wet bread, but that's not necessarily going to make it good to, to to eat. Yeah. And and the thing about Mario games is they tend to be like you're going into Sainsbury's and you're choosing a meal deal. They'll have you know your egg and cress. You have your ham sandwich. You you have your stuffing. They won't try and put too much together and make like a subway. You know, you, you literally pick your sandwich up and that's what you want. And sometimes that's all you want is a meal deal. Um, but it's it's also the training wheels. Of, and I, I don't know if this is nostalgia or what. If it is, then fine. I get, I get that. But Mario prepared me for every game going forward. Um, and it, it allowed and opened the world up for so many games. And it, when I'm running up to a hole... I'm going back to what I learned in these Mario collections yeah. of how I ju- make that jump. I I blast through Super Meat Boy. Everyone was telling me how impossible that game was to do. I blitzed through it in a couple of hours because it was as tight as Mario Brothers 3 in its jumping mechanics. Yeah, It was as fair as those games were in its entirety. So Mon- uh, Su- Super Meat Boy for me was a really enjoyable f- experience and not frustrating because of the tools that Mario Brother games gave me. I don't know if that's nostalgia or just the fact of you being fond of the school you went to or something like that. There's some sort of strange connection I've got there. But it's just, I, you know, it, it the way that game is built just teaches you so well. It's like a familiar book. And that's why it will always be in the running for me on, on top games because it's just the, what what effect it's had on me. It's like when I did my video where I played only NES games for a month, which was a terrible idea, by the way. I was <laughs> I hated it. Like when I brought up Mario Bros. Three, I was like, if I'm being objective and going beat for beat and just taking a game as it is, de- completely deconstructing it, Mario Bros. Three is easily the best NES game. 
Uh-huh. But then when I factor in how I feel when I'm playing it, then it doesn't feel that way. So it's it's a game, it's a series I acknowledge as being good. I respect it. I definitely ap- appreciate what it's brought to the gaming industry. But it's a game that I've just never felt. It's a game that always just series always just felt really basic to me and maybe that is because it's it's like you know you like you look at it's almost like going to the guy who invented the cheeseburger and saying why does that just look like a bog standard cheeseburger and he's like well this is like i made this why like, i created it and there, there, wasn't, there was no cheeseburger before this one so like <laughs> You know what I mean? It's 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 like I say, it's a game that I respect and I I acknowledge is a pretty flawless game in the sense everything it does it executes. It just misses elements that obviously were brought in from later series that I personally enjoy in games. No, I get that completely. And and just so we cover everything about All Stars and why I rate it so highly, it also brings in saves. So you you reminded me there with Mario one two and three, uh, you couldn't save those games. Um, so you not look not look they were difficult and you couldn't do that, but it just made it nice that you could save and then go. Do you know what I fancy going to two now or I'll go to one? Yeah. Graphical enhancements as well, like the lightning in the back of Mario's uh, castle. I know that the NES graphics are nostalgic for people, and that's mm. what all Nintendo promote is what they look like. But I played so much Mario, more Mario All-Stars than I did the original Mario that that's how I default and look at him. And it just made the ending of it all, completing it and all that much worth it. So it is the vanilla of um, the platform game, absolutely. But it 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 doesn't need to be any more than that. Like you say, it's like the cheeseburger. It's the originator. Yeah. And sometimes that's all I fancy. I just want a hamburger <clears throat> or a cheeseburger. That's it. That's it. I don't want any more in my in my plain bread. Now, on the topic of Mario... No. Really? No. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> I'm bringing up... Um, Super Mario... RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I should have seen where you were going with that. Should have seen that. Now... Oh I boy. Don't like JRPGs for the most part, despite how Final Fantasy VI does a lot of things great and a lot of things not great. But one of my biggest grievances is one that the combat doesn't require you to think. A lot of the time it's just spamming the attack button. And another thing is it's bogged down by the constant random encounters, the um the need to grind the overly complicated gameplay systems. Now, Super Mario RPG might just be considered one of the most perfect sort of gateway RPGs for someone who's never played the genre. And as for someone, something as recognisable as Mario, that's perfect. But I think Mario RPG is more than that. Not only is there no random encounters, um, the fact that it wasn't made by Nintendo and instead made by Squaresoft adds a unique perspective on on the world of Super Mario Bros and also adds its own unique quirkiness. 
Mario RPG, for example, starts how every Mario game ends with you infiltrating Peach's castle. You're like, yeah, I've saved the day. And the the castle gets wrecked. Some big sword gets planted in. You just end up going flying. And it's just completely upends the adventure. And what happens in the story is just... It's not emotional. It's not, um, you know... Uh, it's not gonna you're not gonna find it profound or anything but it's just absolutely bonkers you've got some some wario-esque guy who steals princess peach and tries to marry her but he doesn't understand anything about marriage or anything like that and then before you know it you're getting attacked by a boss that's a cake and everything just goes absolutely crazy not to mention that this is the first game that ever really characterized Bowser who I think is one of the most underrated um, Nintendo characters because in the RPGs at least he's always portrayed as like this he's always known as like the 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 Godzilla you know the at least in those days he was known as like the monster the the villain you know and he was portrayed as as kind of this pathetic like bumbling idiot that was just kind of stuck in his ways and all he wanted was the simple days of getting the castle and uh you know kidnapping peach and it made him quite an endearing character that you could actually have on your team which i found incredibly interesting but despite the the mario references and stuff like that the the music from yoko shimamura who did like kingdom hearts i think is is great and the characters introduced as well, like Mallow and Gino, I also think are a lot of fun, including some of the the really strange bosses. But I can tell by looking your face, you don't you don't rate this game very highly. I um first of all, I I don't agree with the music. I think the music is really annoying, except for one track, right? Which is the one that everyone talks about. I think it's Gino's theme. Yeah, the um, mushroom one yeah yeah the, the music i can't stand but then again i think the guy who does kingdom Hearts is super overrated because i think those games are a mess in their own right but right this this game didn't come out in the uk no it came out in on the wii i think was the first the time wii on the virtual, virtual console, console i think so yeah yeah so i played it super late mm -hmm. I, in fact i didn't even play it when it came out on the virtual console i um played it just after it came out on the mini Super Nintendo Mini, yeah. so I played it super super late. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I had played Paper Mario, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, okay, all of the other Paper Marios, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Bowser's Inside Story, Dream Team Bros, yeah. all of that stuff. So much like Link's Link to the Past. I played it far, far too late because okay. by the time I went back and played Super Mario RPG, I'd played so much better that it was a slog to get through. I I agree with what you're saying. I do think Mallow and Gino are cool characters, mm -hmm. and a lot of the bosses you come across are are fair enough. I think the swords are a bit too goofy. Okay, and what I think the other those other Mario RPGs do better is there's enough bloody characters in Mario. You don't need to keep adding more. And the fact that they actually used those characters from the Mario series that already exist just felt better to me. It felt right. It didn't feel 
out of character, like a lot of the Mario RPG stuff does. It felt more like, I don't know, a, a kind of a rip-off Saturday morning cartoon show sometimes with the way that it was trying to ham-fist Mario into this kind of not-Mario world and where some people might go, oh, that's a beautiful random creation. For me, it was kind of like, this isn't Mario. And I know that's... You you, you can tear that apart, and I, I understand exactly why you would do it, but one of the things that bogged down the Mario Party franchise is when they start sticking, like, toads with a dice for a head and sun and moon characters that you don't care about. You want to see Koopa Trooper come up and give you 20 coins. You want Toad to be in charge of the stars, not all these random characters. See, the funny thing is, funny you say that, because I know for a fact that fans of the Paper Mario genre, uh, games and fans of the Mario and Luigi games... One of their biggest criticisms of said series in their later entries is Probably. the fact that they have gotten so vanilla Mario and they've gotten so basic. And I think, like, yeah, does does it make sense that there's a secret boss in Mario RPG where you're, like, fighting, like, this guy that looks like Satan and the the boss music from Final Fantasy IV is playing? No. Well, that's pretty cool. Is it great? There's nothing wrong with that. It's great. And the writing, I think, is is also just really funny. I, I find it, like, I, I, is there is there any logical reason why there's a a, um, a cloud who thinks he's a tadpole? Not at all. But there's also a, a man who, who dresses up like who's who dresses up like a plumber who uses a hammer and and hits mushrooms. So what are we talking yeah, about? But like you, you mentioned that character that's just like Wario in Mario RPG, right? It just I just don't know. Is it me or would that whole sequence be better if it was just Wario? In that in that one instance, probably. I think I, I but I think like the Mario cast is pretty bare bones. Like you've got Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser. Who else you got? You've got one of the Yoshi's, one of the Toads. Um, I'd say Wario and Waluigi, but they never get used in anything that's not a party game. They should. You kind of like you. That's why people do gravitate towards um, some of the some of the party members in in. Um, thousand year door or they like fawful as a villain in the marion luigi series i think i think these out that's why people want gino in smash not because they think gino would be fun to play in smash but because they think that it's uh part of nintendo's history that they think shouldn't have been swept under the rug and i know it's a whole legal thing but i don't really see any reason why they can't you know, bring it back. But the the Mario RPG team did actually move on to work on the Mario and Luigi game, so some of that identity was still carried on until they sort of went bankrupt. Yeah, so regardless of whether, you know, the characterization or the things are, uh, uh, you know, they should be more Mario or they shouldn't be or whatever that means. Yeah. That's that, that, that's just a matter of taste. Yeah. For course. me, I would... I, I, I like the way Paper Mario and Mario Luigi games went because it was a bit more Mario. Yeah. But again, it it was probably I you said a, a quote I quote you you said it was a good introduction to the JRPG series, like my first JRPG. Mm. I would have agreed to that if that was the only game in the series. Okay. But 
because they went on to Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi, those games are just so much better on all levels from the battle system, from you know navigating the levels that are there. Yeah. Um, even like Mario and Luigi, where Mario is, I think A and Luigi's B, and you have to use the two to sort of navigate yeah. and solve puzzles together. When you're moving around the world in Mario RPG, at the time it was probably good, but yeah. going playing it now it's just so flattened and I do dull. think I do think the platforming is absolutely terrible yeah I've, but I I think see I think one of the reasons why we have such different perspectives on this is because like granted I didn't grow up with the Super Nintendo but Mario RPG was my first Mario RPG so yeah. there is that there isn't that expectation. It's you know, there's not that moment where you you play like I played Super Metroid as my first Metroid, and then went back to Metroid One and thought, why did anyone ever like this? Yeah, um, <laughs> sat <that> like. <laughs> and I think that's that's exactly the thing. I think maybe from what you're seeing on my list, it, you'll probably get an idea of like these are games that are still kind of good on the platform, mm. or there isn't another experience that's kind of replaced it as much and the reason mario rpg isn't on there is because there's been so many games that just have taken the formula in in a better direction and i'd be interested to hear what your opinion is once you have played a few more because i think that if i understand correctly there's a few paper marios and mario and luigi's you haven't quite got around to yet never played a paper mario game but i've played superstar saga and bowser's inside story so yeah so a lot of what you liked and mentioned in a mario rpg they take a step forward in thousand year door yeah with they even have like um i think he's called rock hawk so they still have these kind of made-up characters that are not mario but they're so much funnier yeah because it is i don't know the team got older or the comedy is there or it was translation translated better i don't know but it's, but it's mixed in with that you have the proper Mario characters as your party members as well whereas yeah. I just didn't get enough of that In apart from oh there's a pipe instead of a door or, or I'm getting coins which is going to be my version of money in this game Yeah, I will, I, d- right. I will contend that I d- it doesn't feel like Mario's necessarily in the Mushroom Kingdom but like yeah. The 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 thing about me is like I kind of find I find it funny that like it's like Ma- Mario's gone into like this fever dream like just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous um, you know world even if I I agree in the sense it doesn't necessarily feel like the Mushroom Kingdom I think I think it sounds weird but even if they just said oh that's not Mushroom Kingdom I think that would go a long way to maybe alter people's opinions of it in that sense maybe but i mean the the, the jokes about how mario jumps and all the characters like are you mario and he jumps he goes oh you are that that stuff is is really funny yeah but is again there's other parts like the battle system is such a square enix hit it with your strongest move until die whereas i know you can time your moves to do more hits and stuff but ultimately you pick you pick your strongest characters you pick your strongest moves and you spam them Whereas with Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi games, all those extra mini games and stuff that they've built on top of that since just makes that so much more enjoyable. So yeah. um, we should come back to this once you've played a few more. I'd like to hear yeah, if you change. I, I, yeah, I think I think mainly the the writing is is what sort of stands out to me now. Um, but yeah, I think definitely playing it as my first RPG did 
sort of hold it in a higher regard to maybe how you've done it. I find it, uh, not not to go off on too much of a tangent, but about this, this uh, conversation that we're having, I find it interesting that the ones... I've sort of had a clean slate, so I've kind of taken all these games and kind of... I don't know it's it, it's I I don't want to say I've had like a more objective but I suppose I kind of had more objective opinion of of these games or I feel like for you it's more so I don't even I wouldn't even take it down to nostalgia but it's almost like if you grew up with a game with the game it's high on the list but if you didn't grow up with it not because you think it's a bad game now but because you've played later games in the series that have improved upon it it's hard yeah. for you to then you can't you know like we've we've both like we both agree that you can't climb into a time machine and take your mind back to 1995 or whatever so i just find it interesting that you've sort of if a game has been replaced then that that game the original game will go down in prosperity for me you know, because yeah. like Super Metroid, I think a lot of the games later on have kind of moved the formula forward. So therefore, there's less reason to come back to it. Yeah. But a lot of the games on my list, there's still a reason to play it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it ranks higher for me. And until a game comes along to that's done it better or replaces it, yeah. it will stay in that position in its hierarchy until that happens. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So we're entering the top three games now. Oh, we're getting serious. Yeah. And... This was this was tough. This one, I couldn't believe this one for myself. But again, it was after I started ranking them, which was probably the hardest thing, it's not necessarily picking ten, but choosing where they yeah, go. Of course, I I just kept notching this further and further up the list because okay. of how I justified it to myself, and that's Super Street Fighter Two. Um, I'm I'm honestly surprised that isn't higher on your list. To be honest, yeah, I I know I how much you love massive, Street Fighter. I love Street Fighter, I really do, and I can always rely on Street Fighter to give me a good time when everything else has had, a, had an issue, but it's everything started with the Super Nintendo version, mm-hmm. and again, like Mario All-Stars, it, it, the stuff I learned in that carried me right through to the other ones. It's not my favourite Street Fighter, it's certainly not the one I trained on the most that gave me the skills to be somewhat above average on those games, Okay, but Super Street Fighter 2 has the cast that you always remember. You will name 90% of the cast in Super Street Fighter 2 before you name any other characters from any of the other Street Fighter games because they're so iconic. The soundtrack, and this is where I start sort of explaining to myself why it's so high. Yeah. People go on about Mega Man. People go on about you know Donkey Kong having a great soundtrack and things like that. Street Fighter's soundtrack is so varied and so awesome on so many levels that it just it, it creates a character that, that when you choose a character you're not just choosing them that you know a portrait you're, you're choosing them for their moveset you're choosing them for their stage you're choosing them for their music and all of that comes together and they do an amazing job of just sort of building who this character is through all of those things and what is that if it's not like a super nintendo game that's what super nintendo does best when they've designed levels music and gameplay to create a character and it's just you can go back and play any of the games we've mentioned so far but a fighting game once you've got your teeth into it will constantly teach you new things every time you pick up a new character it's almost like a brand new game because the rules change constantly yeah the characters that you use from your 
you know, your Z inputs, sliding your finger from down to forward and pressing punch to do a fireball and mm -hmm. things like that. That completely changes when you choose Guile and everything's about charging. Hold back for two seconds, forward and a button. Your whole style and how you approach a fight completely changes. And then again, it changes again if you choose Kami and you've got no fireballs. You can't rely on that anymore. Um, adding in all the speeds and, and frames and all the special moves and everything else that happens, it's a beautiful concoction of, oh, I didn't know that, every time you play it. And it all started here. And when all those other games have shown everything they have to offer, you can still come back to Street Fighter and play two-player. You can play against the computer. It, it's it's the Mario All-Stars, but one step forward for me. So, Yeah, I, I think the, the Street Fighter is more of a, more of a problem of my own ignorance. Um, by that, I, just, I simply mean, like, I've never, I've never... It's not that I've never got the appeal... But it's kind of like I've never taken the. It's it's more more a problem. I'm, I've I've played a couple rounds of Street Fighter Two, but I, it's more of a problem that I've never like I've just never personally taken the time to understand those sort of games. And yeah, I think yeah, I, I think if you I think if you don't put in, it, it's one of those games. I think fighting games in general are like this, where you get out what you put in. And if you don't put in the time and you just play a couple rounds where you just mash in buttons, you kind of just sort of go, well, what's the point? But I know yeah, that it... if I sort of went through the motions and someone sort of showed me, oh, this is how you do a Hadouken or whatever, like I feel like I'd get a greater fondness for it, for sure. Capcom is the greatest 2D fighting creator of all time. But they're also the worst at training anybody on how to play their games. Right. Their training modes and everything are awful. And I know this is the Super Nintendo and they didn't have things back then, so it's by the by. But to get into a Street Fighter to the level that I have and a lot of these people do on these big tournaments and things like that, you need a very specific set of um, situations. And what I had is one of my friends bought the game we had three or four close friends that all either got the game or practiced around a mate's house. And then when we came together on certain days, that was that was tournament day, you know? All your training, what you'd learned, you'd bring to that one day and then you'd share what you've learned for, with each other and go, oh, how did you do that? And you get good together. Okay. Until you get to a point where you're playing Winner Stays On and it's you, you, your whole entire day's gone. You're just playing one game because... It's all about what you can learn, what you can learn off each other, how you get good. But I know from experience, as soon as you bring someone who hasn't been on that journey with the rest of the crew, they're going, "What? why do they play this game all day? How? How is this fun? Because uh, they pick up the controller, they die instantly, and they sit out again. It's a certain set of rules. But if you get there, and that is the only game you're playing, and you haven't got any other distractions, and you do get good with friends... It's the only game you need. Okay. That's the beauty of Street Fighter. Yeah. Go no, on then, Mike. What's your number three? I I've kind of said everything I want to say, so I'll I'll lead, I'll slowly yeah, cool. segue over to what your number two would be because my number three is Super Metroid. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think we've covered that quite in extensively, haven't we? Yeah. Now, number two for me is 
uh, one that I don't think many people have played, many people have actually got into, or many people even think what? Okay. Which is Sparkster. No, no idea. <laughs> you might have heard of Rocket Knight Adventures. Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know. I can't say I know much about it, though. I don't understand why this game is, even from the Rocket Knight fans, why it's ignored. Maybe because of where it was born, I don't know. But I'll, I'll cover it because I know you've never heard of it or you don't know what it is. I'm so sure I'll have most to give you... people have never heard of it, to be fair. Well, exactly. So Rocket Knight Adventures is a very popular Mega Drive game, which tends to be in people's top 20s. Um, and everybody everybody who's a Mega Drive fan goes on about it because it was quite... Really, it was quite promoted on that console and it started on that life but when they got to rocket knight adventures 2 for whatever reason konami did one on the mega drive and then they did another game called sparkster on the super nintendo that game has got some of the best graphics on the whole of the super nintendo it runs so well it you are this overpowered rocket powered possum with knight's armor and a sword right. who's got link's laser sword when you throw it out you can do barrel rolls with fireballs around you 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 just obliterate everything in your wake and again it's that whole thing of everything that i've talked about up until this point gameplay which is tight level design which is interesting um music which is fantastic massive boss battles that push the super nintendo's hardware and makes it all look good Right. And it rewards you the better you get. So when you first start, it's a bit kind of, God, everything on the controller does something. And the levels can be quite challenging and you're like, oh, I'm dying really quickly. Okay. But then you, when you get good, you, you level up and, and then suddenly you blast through it. And then you find a better way to play it, which is through the momentum and the jetpack. But it just gives you that extra part where it has skill levels you can set as well. If you do it on easy, it will take out half the levels and give you a different ending. Right. You do it on normal, it will give you the the main game. But if you do it on hard, it gives you an, not only a different ending, but also an additional last boss. That's cool. And it just finishes off the game so nicely and also progresses you through. So like I've said with all the others where you just build up this nice hierarchy of skill levels, this is like that... This is if Yoshi's Island was cool. Okay. Yoshi's Island is a good game... But it's not cool, you know? It's not like the fonz of the video games world. Sparkster is. It's got electric guitars. It's got massive swords and explosions. And it's, you know, it's an it's an action movie in a, in a platform game. So I know it's... I'm going to do a video on it on my YouTube channel at some point. I yeah. played for it on OLL games on Twitch uh, quite recently. And it was a big thing. And I think everybody who watched that stream went away going, wow, Sparks, it looks really cool. This looks really fun, actually. Um, but if you haven't played it, you'll be like, really? Number two on your list? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, as, as you've been talking, I've been sort of uh, not getting distracted, but I've been sort of looking. I googled. I got it on Google Images, just sort of looking at, um, like, the visuals and stuff. And I, to be fair, it could probably pass for, like, a, a PlayStation sort of 2D game, like, graphically. Yeah, yeah I think so. And, I, and when I look at Final Fantasy VI, that's another game I hold against it and go, and you're saying this is the most epic game in the world, but then I've got Sparkster here, yeah. where the bosses fill the whole screen. 
you know and like i said it it's a nice combination of sonic the hedgehog meets rayman yeah. where one moment you'll be one moment you'll be barreling through a forest then you'll be in some sort of music land where you're bouncing off instruments and then you go into space and play like a bullet hell game and it's yeah i i it's not a long game mike if you no. if you get a chance to try it i'd love to hear your thoughts because you, I, I just want people to play it and tell me, is it nostalgia or is it a good game? Because I rate it so highly. Um, but I love it. I think it's so good. And I, apart from my number one pick, um, Sparks is always the first game that comes to my mind when I think of the Super Nintendo. I, I'd say, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The, the graphics do look incredible. Um, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a bit weird that like it's. No one not, talks about it. It's had an absolutely no cultural significance at all. I mean, and it's not like Konami would unknown at the time. They were pumping out Castlevania and, you know, all sorts. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I, when I picked up from Toys R Us on my birthday, um, I was very happy to have it. Uh, and I got blown away when I took it home. And again, no one talked about it back then. They don't talk about it now. And if they do talk about Sparkster, they talk about Rocket Knight Adventures on the Mega Drive. They don't talk about its sequels or the one on the SNES. And even the one where they rebooted it a few years back, in about, I think about 2008, they based it on Rocket Knight. They didn't base it on Sparkster. And they are very similar, but very different games. And Sparkster is just so much better to play. Is the Genesis version the, the same then? Or... No, they're completely different. Okay. Um, yeah, this is what's so weird about it. The Mega Drive game... I find harder to play. I think it's more jank and has aged more. You, you feel heavier and you don't feel as equipped to take on the enemy. In the Super Nintendo version, it's so much faster. It's so bigger. There's The explosions are so much over more over the top. And more importantly, you have so much control and power behind yourself that it just feels like a completely different game. So, yeah, I, it, I can go on about this forever, but until you play it, I don't even know if I'm right. Because oh, I grew up with it, and no one—I I sometimes question whether it even exists because no one's ever heard of it. But you've googled it, so it must be true. You know, I think, um, yeah, I—I I, I don't really—it's—it's it's a hard one to discuss purely because, like, I think this is the only game on the list that I've not played that y- you have. Yeah. So it's a bit of a weird one, but um, yeah, it seems interesting. I'll definitely look more into it and and. I see highly rate it. Yeah, and I'd love to hear more people to play it and just let me know what they think. So, when it comes to my number two, right? Yes. I'd be interested. Okay, I'll 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 throw it in a ballpark and see if you can guess. It's a platformer. <laughs> what game is it? Is it Donkey Kong? It is. Which one? Two. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I know you don't. You you probably won't agree because I know there are some people that prefer the first one, but I think definitely in the in the Donkey Kong Country fan circles I've looked at, they always they generally say that Donkey Kong Country Two is the best one. Mm-hmm. Now, I honestly believe that Donkey Kong Country Two takes everything that the first one did and perfects it. The, the there's they they have two characters that are both the same the same size, so there isn't a problem where the hitboxes seem a bit off. The the game feels a lot more refined, and though it's more difficult, I'd argue it's less cheap. The difficulty curve is 
is um, a lot more gradual, even though there is that one boss that just makes me want to pull my hair out. Um, Which boss? The wasp, where you, you've the parrot, and you got to shoot the wasp. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like that one. Oh, it's not too bad. Um, but like the 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 music is just incredible. The the you know you you play the first game and it's like you've got your jungles, your temples, your mines. And then the second one, you, you, the minecart levels have turned into a level where, where you're at like the the Kremlin theme park, and you you're on a roller coaster, and they put their arms up when they're going down, and you've got these like honeycomb world world where like there's like honey everywhere, and there's all these like wasps, and you've got, you know, you've you've got levels where you're climbing high through the masts, or you're going you know deep beneath the surface of the ships that are all flooded, and you've or you've got your the uh, incredibly atmospheric um, bramble levels that have the best track in the game. Like, there's... There's... I find... I think people say to me that... I think any, anyone could sort of say that no game's perfect, okay? And this is... Uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion and all that. But if you, if you said, okay... Um, Give me a game that you would personally give a ten to, and I would say, regardless of no doubt what you'll you'll combat against me, I'd say for me, Donkey Kong Country Two is the perfect game. It it not only was it bold by just saying right, you know, DK, the most i one of the most iconic gaming characters, he's he's gone, he's he's been he's been kidnapped. You've got a player's the rare rare sidekick and this new and a, a, a female oh gross playing as a female in a game oh what is this the 90s and <laughs> like but like dixie kong's such a cool character and She's um cool. you've you know you've you've got so much this like the the gameplay so refined you've got so many great mechanics the animal buddies have have been improved like you've got Squ uh, squitter the spider who shoots web platforms you've got um they replaced that stupid f frog with a with a rattlesnake so it's easy more precise when you when you're landing on the platforms they just seem to have taken everything from the first game and improved it but not like added too much which i think is the third game's problem where it feels a bit a bit more bloated not only that but again back to my what i said about super metroid um if you know what you're looking for which i think they're choreographed quite well blasting through donkey kong country 2 and getting all the collectibles has that same rhythm where you don't have to backtrack to a previous level if you know where it is you can you can collect everything, and it's one of those games that if you if if you told if I had to play it like a hundred percent it every year, I would absolutely do that, and often I, I do. But it's 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 weird. I I struggle to find. Everyone talks about nostalgia, and everyone talks about um, you know how games have held up or they've not held up, but. It blows my mind that a two D uh, a two D platform on a Super Nintendo holds so much reverence for me. And if you you like, when it comes to my list, I'd like I I every single game I put on my list I think is great. I think it's fantastic. But my top two 
I I would would be in at least my top like fifteen games ever, regardless of the Super Nintendo. So yeah. tell me, Bill, why don't you like Donkey Kong Country Two? No, I, I I love it. I got everything you've said and more. There's Donkey Kong Country Two is phenomenal. Um, but there is no buts. It's it's I well the only bit I disagree with is that it's a perfect extension of Donkey Kong Country 1. Okay. Interesting. And it's going to be hard to explain because of the way it came... I know Donkey Kong Country 1 so well because it was the only game I got for a whole year. Okay. So blasting through that game to me is just such a... You know, it's it's do-it-blindfolded kind of type game. Yeah. But I don't play for completion... So if I complete Donkey Kong Country, I think I might have only done it once or twice in my life. I don't care if that doesn't say 100% on that that menu screen. It doesn't bother yeah. me. However, with Donkey Kong Country 2, it's almost like it's almost like you have to do it. Right. You have to connect all the coins. You have to get all the creme coins because you don't get the whole game if you don't. No. So that's not a detriment, but it is. it can be an annoyance... If you have, if it's forcing you to play each level a certain way to make sure you get everything, but my that's my biggest issues with Donkey Kong Country Two is in its fundamentals of how you progress through that game. Okay. You say you thought that the minecart levels in Donkey Kong Country were trial and error. When I play the minecart levels in Donkey Kong Country Two, they are for me an exercise in frustration okay. because. In the first one, I just had to jump. In Donkey Kong Country 2, I can change the speed. And where Donkey Kong Country 1 was a case of, oh, okay, I hit a car, I died, I'm to remember to press jump next time. They put this extra level of complexity in because you've got all these extra races that are going. Right. And if you speed up, they don't necessarily... They're not exactly in the same place every time. No. So you holding forward changes the whole dynamic of that level. If you don't hold forward, you might not make some of the jumps. Right. If you go too fast, you might bounce off the head of an enemy and fall down a cliff. But you need to go fast to be able to get the creme coin because you've got to be able to come first to get it. Yeah. And it's those kind of things that they are difficult and with skill you can get round it. But it does, maybe because I haven't played it as much as the first one, gets in the way of my enjoyment. But aside from all that... The, the the parts that bother me the most are the banana coins. Okay. When you save your game and turn it off, all of your lives and banana coins are reset. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with that. I think that's terrible. That's dumb. And that game is very difficult, especially towards the end bit where you've got the yeah. elevator level and you've got the bramble levels and you're doing all those extra levels. Yeah. If you're not doing it in one... If you do it in one setting, not a problem. Because you you will have enough lives from the earlier levels just to motor through them. You have 50, yeah. 60 lives if you, if you know if you played it enough, you'll get through them, and that's enjoyable. You know, oh, I died, restart the level. If you've booted a save file up towards the end of the game, you get reset to four lives, and then if you die, you don't you you lose your checkpoint. Yeah. Um, you go back to the last save point you had. 
And because you don't have any banana coins, you have this stupid exercise where you have to find Funky, go back to another where you can get loads of banana coins. Yeah. So when you go back, you can actually save the game again. Those kind of things are unnecessary, and it just dampens the 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 experience that makes Donkey Kong Country One just a pick up and play game. Yeah, I, 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 admittedly, like nowadays, I just like if I'm turning the game off, I'll just drop a save state or whatever. Yeah. Because like, but obviously that's sort of in hindsight. But I think, um, like I definitely think in terms of difficulty, I think Donkey Kong Country Two is more gradual, but definitely is the harder game towards the later latter end. I Very think, tough. I think Donkey Kong Country One sort of ramps up a bit quicker, but um. And I, I know some people have, have criticised with the second game that it's not quite as um, a grounded, I suppose, which I can I, I can understand that level of frustration. Also, because I don't, I don't mind the setting so much. I, I prefer the, the the jungles and the the temples of Donkey Kong Country One because it's it feels like I'm looking at more than just black. Yeah. In in two, apart from obviously in two, you're looking at browns and greys and blacks. In ones, you've got greens, you've got blues. There's a lot more kind of difference in the level design. You you do you disagree? I could not disagree more because you've got you've got your snowy levels, yeah, uh, you, like you got your ice levels. You've got your the levels in the mines. You've got uh, like the with you've got the gold um, like the gold ore in the background and the and the you know the sounds of the pickaxes, and you've got your honeycomb levels, and you've got your levels where you're, you know, you're you're on your uh, you're at a theme park, and you've. I think uh, if anything, you've that's that one. You've got you've got night and day levels in the jungle, yeah. which you know, yeah, the jungle levels, but the the palette. Is there is very a different. lot. There is there is a lot of like cave levels though, like that aesthetic is repeated. Like the like I look like the the ice ice cave one right. That like this is one of my criticisms about Donkey Kong Country One. The ice cave level, you remember it quite distinctly. You know, there's only one. There's one. There's one there's level. One. Compare that to like the. There's got to be at least like eight cave levels, or like maybe I mean, but there's also like the the um. The steel mills or the factory levels. Yeah, no, no, I, I think they're they're great and they're so yeah, and and the, you know there is caves and uh, the, there's caves and there's mines and yes, you could you could argue that they look very similar. You know the, the walkway levels with the spotlights yeah. versus the cave things, but I I think if you if you put them down on paper, they're pretty even in my opinion mm. on what what they have because there's a lot of the same kind of thing how many how many pirate themed levels like ship levels are in there in Donkey Kong Country 2 I mean yeah um, I mean, that's only for me though that's only really in the first world after that it kind of branches out from that aesthetic I know I think maybe I know, maybe it's worth giving the second game another sort of crack I well, I, I played I played them both a lot. Yeah. I I think I think like you said, I think because number 2 gradually progresses through the different ones a little bit. They don't lump all the cave levels together like they do in one. No. But if you laid them down on paper, you'd probably go actually there's not as much of a difference or maybe one or two differences on on repetitiveness as there was yeah. in the other one. However, I do think the Donkey Kong Country 2 has a really underrated 
track on its OST, when everyone goes on on to the, the Bramble Blast level, yeah, yeah, the friggin' beehive level with the the honey that's over the screen. Oh yeah, track... um, Flight of the Zinger, it's called. Oh man, that's that track is amazing. It's really like yeah, blood pumping. Really no one talks about that track. They always octane. talk about the same one. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, I think I, th- I think um, I don't know. I think most people listening would would think that's a pretty safe bet for a top ten, at least that high up. Yeah. But now, now is uh, right. now. For, first of all, before we get into, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste time talking about them. But I do want to at least acknowledge their existence. Um, the two I, I already mentioned Yoshi's Island, but the two honourable mentions I put on the list was. Um, Turtles in Time. Um, I thought that was quite fun. I really like soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. And another, it's it, I, I, I kind of like with Mario. Like I get the appeal, but I never quite gelled of it. But I still thought it was worth mentioning as an honorable mention. Is um, Kirby Superstar? Okay, yeah, not bad. I um, I'm just going to reel off a few because okay. I always get annoyed that no one ever mentions them in a top 10 list on the SNES. I'm not going to say anything about them, but I just okay. want them mentioned because they're good. But if I'm objectively doing this list, they wouldn't be in the top 10. Okay. Then I'll go on to two honorable mentions. I wish on the Super Nintendo people talked more about Smash TV, UN Squadron, Ninja Warriors, Killer Instinct, and Wild Guns because okay. they're all great. But... My honourable mentions goes to, and this is, I don't know if you'll let me have this as it's kind of in its honourable mentions, but if I played it back then, I'd be blown away. Yeah. Star Fox 2. Okay. I mean, it's technically a Super Nintendo game, so whatever. whatever. Yeah. But it was meant to be on there, wasn't it? And what UN Squadron does well is it's kind of, you have a map and you can choose a planet and you can choose how you address the missions. But it takes the jankiness of the original Star Fox and gives it more... I don't know if it is running on Super Nintendo's power. I don't even know if it was possible. We can only take their, their word for it. But it just feels a lot more comfortable. Okay. But it was only an honourable mention because Lilac Wars is just such a better game overall. But yeah. I did have a lot of fun with it. It actually made me enjoy... I actually really enjoyed it. And I think that's what I always wanted Star Fox to be. And my uh, my number eleven, if for one, and it, it's my white whale, um, in the one that always gets away. And this is my abusive girlfriend, Mike. Okay. The one, the one that I hate its guts when I'm around it, but when I'm away from it, I'm like, maybe I should just give it another go. Yeah. And that's Battletoads, Battle Maniacs. Okay. Which is a remake of the original Battletoads on the NES, and like what the Super Nintendo always does, makes it so much better in every way. And adds a great soundtrack and great playability, but the friggin' rat race level where you are running away from a rat with a buzzsaw is so jank and broken that it just ruins the whole game. Right, okay. So it's not the speed bike level that everyone talks about. It's not even the snake level that's afterwards that people don't even know is a bad thing because they can't get past the speed bike level. It's the level after that that just destroys the whole game. And I loved that game up until that point. Right. After that, I snapped the cartridge. Okay. So there we go. Now, right, this is going to be quick for me, Mike. Okay. It's pretty cut so and dry. Go into my number one, and then I'll, I'm, I'm I'm kind of scratching my head about what your number one is because I can't think of anything we haven't mentioned yet. But maybe we have already mentioned it. I don't know. 
But um, I'm going to say Donkey Kong Country is my t- number one game. Okay. I am happy to switch that out for Donkey Kong Country 2, even though I do think if I had to pick one of them, I would choose Donkey Kong Country 1. But just to allow my list to have some diversity, I'll have to put them in joint first. Okay. Or switch one out for the other. I don't care what you, what you say, but if I choose Donkey Kong Country and you rip it apart, then I'll go Donkey Kong Country 2. I don't mind. Okay. But those games for me, we've said enough about them. They are the pinnacle of platform games, and there's it's a it's a perfect ten out of ten for me on the Super Nintendo. Okay. Is that that game? I'm actually on. like genuinely shocked how much you hold Donkey Kong in a, such a higher regard than Mario, because I've always seen you as like the guy who like loves like the two D Mario's. That's really I, uh, surprising. Donkey Kong's a better game. Yeah. In the same way, I think Metroid is better than Zelda. Yeah. Um, Donkey Kong is a better game, and it's for it's because it's more playable. It's because it doesn't have all the the unnecessary fluff. It's because it's more impactful and challenging and grown up. Yeah. You know, it's it's the equivalent of watching a Saturday morning cartoon show to watching a, a big budget movie franchise that's an eighteen rated game. You know, or eighteen rated. It's it's you coming of age. Okay. Um, I can't say enough good things about Donkey Kong Country. I think it's phenomenal. Well. On to my number one. Now, a lot of people get annoyed by other people's opinions. They think, that, oh, you shouldn't pick that game, right? And there are a lot of hot takes out there. Now, <laughs> right. you look at any Super Nintendo game list, there has never been a colder take than this one. Okay. Now, even though you don't... Even though you might disagree, this is... I don't think anyone listening will really truly argue with this. Now, my favourite Super Nintendo game, though admittedly Donkey Kong Country 2 is like almost neck and neck. On a different day, I might say something different. I was so shocked because I I honestly thought that was going to be your number one. So that's why I sort of held back on a lot of my thoughts and feelings, knowing that we were going to talk about it again later. Go on. I'm, I'm shocked. Go on. Let's hear it. Now my favorite elite. I'm sticking to my guns. Favorite favorite Super Nintendo game. He's having doubts, people. He's at the last. Go straight. He stumbled on the line. Favorite Super Nintendo game is Chrono Trigger. Oh really? Now. (gasps) Oh my course. How could I have forgotten? Chrono Chrono Trigger. It showed why I dislike the genre by improving on everything that sucks about it. There's there's no random encounters. The the tech the tech system in the fact that and um, you can combine one person's move with another move not only ma- means that it's fun, but it also means you want to constantly switch out your team to find out what new mechanics you'll learn next. Which also means that if you're constantly switching out your team. You'll get different flavor text, and you feel like you're equally using all the characters. The game is 20 to 25 hours long, which for a JRPG is incredibly short. But I feel like it doesn't have it rips out any fluff. You know, you the the game starts and it's like, oh, the the something's changed in the past that means that the princess was never born, and that's something that could easily fill the plot of an entire game you're looking for this princess but no it's like an hour later you're like that's done done with 
Now you're back in the present and you've been put in prison and now you're on trial. Oh, I've got to escape trial. Oh, no, now look, I'm, I'm in the future and it's ruined. Like, the game is just constantly powering through. It's And and uh, and there doesn't seem to be, like, you, you, might, you might say that some of the expanded cast aren't as interesting or whatever. But, like, and I d- personally don't think, as far as villains are concerned, like... Lavos might as well just be an asteroid or a tsunami or, or you know, any sort of world-ending event. But I think that it's just, it's, it, it it's it's a game that executes pretty much everything it does flawlessly. And even though I've played games that have had better characters, I've played games that have had better stories, uh, games of better music. Mm, we'll see. Uh, the soundtrack is phenomenal in Chrono Trigger Um, but I think there are a few games even though there are stuff that have done there are games that have done things that Chrono Trigger has done better I don't think there's that many games that have hit so many notes so right even though there are elements I've seen done better in other games other games I've played that have like a better story for example have laxed on other elements whereas i feel like chrono triggers hit every beat as well as it can possibly make i mean this game was made by the the creator some of the best creators at the time you know you had the creator of dragon quest and the creator of final fantasy deciding to work together on a game they called the dream project and it looks far it it look the graphics far exceed like final fantasy 6 and uh, I, I I argue the same about the music. And in fact, the um, the video that I'm, I, I've uh, you know the, the RPG video where I compare Chrono Trigger to Final Fantasy VI and to Dragon Quest V um, is fairly tensionless because even though the comparison I think is interesting, the outcome is pretty cut and dry. And that is that uh, Chrono Trigger. I honestly believe is is probably my favourite JRPG, despite maybe I haven't played as many as I'd like, but I just think it it does everything it does so well. I there's a caveat to this because I need we've talked about this off off um, the mic, haven't we? Yeah. And uh, I need to try this game again mm-hmm. because I think in a lot of it was it was at this period where I was catching up on a lot of games I've missed. Chrono Trigger Bone being one of them because again it wasn't released in the UK. We didn't get it when it was when I was into Super Nintendo, and when they were re-releasing a lot of these Super Nintendo games for the first time, I was too busy um, getting into the world of 3D gaming in the GameCube, the Wii, the Wii U. So I played it in a rush essentially, and you can't do that with Chrono Trigger. You need to play it properly. So I won't. I have to admit that my impression of the game is a bit sullied um, because I don't rate it as high as some of the other RPGs I have played. Um, and I think listening too much to the fan base, the hardcore fan base about that game, either has built up my expectations to unexpectable levels that can't be reached, or there's too much to saying, "Oh, you have to do this and you have to do that." Yeah. And I don't like someone dictating to me how to play a game especially the first time. I want to experience yeah. it my own way. And if a game can't teach me how to play it or guide me, you know, sensibly through the game, then it immediately there's this disconnect. 
Yeah. Now, Chrono Trigger does that eventually, but I do think there's that element of wandering around from time to time of what I've got to do, and that's how I experienced it. My problem isn't that Chrono Trigger is high on the lists. I just don't think it's as good a game as Donkey Kong Country 2. And I, listening to what you've said, um, I don't think you believe it's a better game than Donkey Kong Country 2 either. If I said to you what one has better graphics, what would you say? Donkey Kong Country 2. If I said to you which one had a better soundtrack, which would you say? Donkey Kong Country 2. If I said which one had the better gameplay, what would you say? Uh, probably Donkey Kong Country 2. So the only thing that Chrono Trigger beats Donkey Kong Country 2 in is story, right? Yeah, I guess I guess it comes back to just how different our perspectives are on games. Whereas, like I, I think I think we can both agree that I hold story and you do, and there's nothing in, wrong with that. A higher, in a higher um, stature than you. So yeah. I think it's it's um like chrono trigger to me is is elevated because of its story yet donkey kong country 2 is great despite of it if that makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah so like like but i yeah i think like i said like there if if you obviously it's not on the super nintendo but if you were like always oh, um if you picked a game with better gameplay than Mass Effect, for example, I'd still rate Mass Effect a, a better series than I can't think of a, a direct example, but just because of the characters and the story and, and and all that, and I kind of feel the same way about Chrono Trigger. Even though I, even though if you said which game you're going to pick up right now to play, I'd pick Donkey Kong Country. But if if you if you ask me which one has meant more to me and which one has uh, stuck with me more. I would say Chrono Trigger. It's it's more of a uh, obviously a, a game. An RPG is not as as accessible or as replayable as a as a platformer. No, and and there is um, the reason JRPGs are so loved is the impact that it has on you as a story, yeah. as the characters as the way that you introduce them and you spend a lot more time with them mm-hmm. through um well maybe not so much in the in the world of chrono tree well yeah yeah i'd say over Donkey Kong country especially even though it's 20 to 25 hours that's still longer than what you'd probably take to do donkey Kong country yeah so you spend a lot more time with those characters um and that's and that's that's fine it's it's just the surprise of I didn't realise you liked the game that much. Yeah. I'm not disputing that it shouldn't be on your list. And chances are, when I revisit it or find time to revisit it, I might think, yeah, Chrono Trigger should be on here and I have missed it off myself. I'm I'm the one who's done the injustice to the game. It's just the differences, like you say. I put gameplay, soundtrack, graphics above all else, like story. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, I would, I would say that which is probably good because when we go into our next part, when we put it together, that will answer these questions anyway. I'm just shocked that you think that Chrono Trigger is your number one after everything you've said on YouTube yeah. channel and everything you said about DKC. Yeah, no, I, I think, like I said, is that, that story It's element, a tough one. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I do hold, like I said, hold story in a higher regard than you. But I, you, uh, like I said, like I said previously, like... 
the those are the own out of the whole list as much as like I love games like Super Metroid and and you know Donkey Kong Country One and and all these games. The fir- the top two, Chrono Trigger and Donkey Kong Country Two, would enter like my probably top ten favorite yeah. games. So like that is definitely. I mean, even the, even the missus bloody loves it. She's got an she's got the ship tattooed on her arm for God's sake, but, like <laughs> um, along with like the Normandy and stuff. Um, <laughs> But like, I, I, I still think Mass Effect has actually got a good gameplay in it, regardless yeah. of how all the, 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 the voice trees well, and everything. Not so in much there, the but... first one, but it's anyway, that's discussion anyway, for another day. Act. Let's not let's not talk like... about Mass Effect for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, I guess we need to make our final list, yeah. This is the interesting part. Now I think right, this is how I, I plan on doing this. Definitive top ten will never change, though it might be interesting to uh come back to it when i've played um uh what's it He's called the name of it already yeah i know sparks sparks <laughs> sparks there you go once i've replayed well, once i've played sparks and and you've and like beaten like super punch out and yoshi's island and stuff and and once you've sort of replayed Mega Man x and chrono trigger be interesting to yeah, sort yeah. of see if anything's changed but okay so i think if it if it's on the list if we both if it's on both our lists we should automatically put it at the top right yeah so make make a decision are you putting country the, one a, or country two it's got to be country two isn't it okay because we both think it's so let's get get the uh, get the old list out because it's going to confuse me get a notepad well, out or something if you if you think dk's c2 is is number two and i think it's number one two ish then it's got to be number one you put donkey kong country one a lot lower down on your list so i think it's dkc two followed by dkc okay, let me one. let me get out a notepad because this is going to confuse yeah. me all right so number one by default is dkc2 okay yeah i would so, argue with that so number two um, dkc one is two um, what did you put? So you put Donkey Kong Country One as? Well, I chose Donkey Kong Country One with a caveat of if if you want it to switch out for two, I'll put two. But you put it twice on your list: one at one and one at seven, I think. Okay, so I think I, I think we can both. So for the sake of getting confused and arguing, number two, I'm gonna put Super Metroid. Is that fair? Well, where are you putting Donkey Kong Country One? Well, I put it. I put it. Seven. This is the. This is the thing you've not put. You've put. This. This is the confusing thing you've got. You've put. Don't blame this on me, Mike. No, because you've number one. You've put like a joint first for Donkey Country one and two. So yeah. that just throws a wrench into the whole thing. Well, you didn't make the rules clear. Like you just picked one game. I know you've cheated with Mario All Stars or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, whatever. I'm sick. I'm sick as Bill. All right, number one, Donkey Kong Country Two slash Donkey Kong Country One. It's joint first. Are you happy? Number two, Super Metroid. I think so. From what you is that is that fair? I put it at three. What did you put it at? I got it as five. Okay. What's next? What's the next game down the list that we have in common? I think it's Super Castlevania. Because I've got it at seven. I put I put Super Punch Out at nine and Castlevania at. 10 yeah so i've got castlevania at seven and super punch out at 10 so 
let, let's. So look. you didn't you didn't have Spark stuff. No. You didn't have Street Fighter. So they're unranked. So Simple let's let's be diplomatic. What let let's let's decide definitively what's better, Punch Out or Castlevania? Castlevania. Yeah. All right. Okay. Number four. <laughs> Even this is gonna look like a jank list. Number four. Is- Super Punch Out. <laughs> This seemed like such a good idea at the time. Now I'm like, what? No. I'm committed. I'm committed now. Right, number five. Okay. Super Punch Out because it's on both our lists. Okay. What? What game? What? What's your? What's your? Number two is it? Um, Street Sparks. Fighter. Sparkster is my number Sparks. two. Sparkster. All right. So, are we putting Sparkster at number five? Well, we've got five. DKC2, DKC1, Super Metroid, Super Castlevania, Super Punch-Out. I, I just, I just, I gave up and just lumped them in it as a joint first. Donkey Country oh, 1 and 2. <laughs> this is an easy out, Mike. You're making it harder now. All right, whatever. It's fine. Number five. Okay. What's better, Sparkster or Chrono Trigger? Oh, God. Well, I'm going to say Sparkster. You're going to say Chrono Trigger because of where we're at. There's a flaw in this, this plan. Is, no, like, this is the, this is the the insanity of it. It's 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 the you know the being diplomatic. Okay. What if we just throw in Mario All Stars because it's like five games in one? Yeah, but it's not even on my list. Well, that's your problem. You clearly this didn't is... look at that loophole. <laughs> all right, we're gonna. This is where we compromise. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to put. Street Fighter 2 at 7 if you let me have Chrono Trigger at 5. Where's Sparks to go? 6. I don't know if I can let you have that, Mike. If you let if you let Sparks to be 5 and Chrono Trigger be 6, that's fine. I just I just I just don't know. I don't know the it's timeline. A good story. That's all you've got. You just admitted that. It doesn't have good graphics. It doesn't have a good as story um, music track as the other ones. What it Chrono Trigger? Chrono Trigger is just a good story. No, the gameplay's phenomenal, and it, it it it's a turn-based RPG. Yeah, and it and it literally gets rid of everything that sucks about turn-based RPGs and makes it fun. But it's still a turn-based RPG, which means it's got no gameplay. It's just choose the action, watch the adventure. Oh, 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 oh Mario is just a, just a boring game. You just press the jump button and you move. <laughs> no, you control and stuff. You fly. You get Goomba shoes and frog suits. I mean, you've got a frog in Chrono Trigger, I suppose. Chrono, there's something Chrono Trigger's g- g- more interesting than just press a button and watch the thing. Oh, okay, there's right. more Look, to it I'll, than that. I'll, I'll, I'll compromise on this. It's unfair for me to put Sparks ahead of Chrono Trigger because you've never played it. However, yeah. I have played Chrono Trigger. Okay. Okay, so I can't... Because it's our list, okay. I can't force you to put a game that you've never played above the game you think is the greatest game on the Super Nintendo. Okay. So objectively we'll put chrono trigger in there okay Chron- i'll be looking for when you've played sparkster and change your mind <laughs> right okay chrono triggers made made it into the top five i'm happy okay number six would you would you what would you say street fighter 2 is that fair Wait, instead of sparkster because you've not played it i guess um yeah again i i i'd, I'd, I'd concede that, that street fighter 2 belongs to belongs on the list more than Mario RPG. I think that's fair. Yeah, there we go. So Super Street Fighter. Okay. 
right, it doesn't make sense putting um, Sparkster on this list purely because you've never played it. Yeah, that that's, make sense. that's very true. So we have to we have to forget about that as much as that. So what me. what what you got next down from? I got Mario All Stars. Okay. And Yoshi's Island. Look, as much as I don't care, I, I have to <laughs> I have to just accept that the Mario games are good, alright? So I'll concede and put Mar- put All Stars at seven, alright? Okay. What at seven? Are we at seven? I'm at eight. Well, oh no, because you're putting DKC one and two together, aren't you? Yeah, because you've you've broken the rules and put like multiple games in I've broken the rules. You think a game that has no gameplay is the greatest SNES game of all time? That that's that's a load of Billy bollocks, mate. Really? <laughs> Chrono Trigger has like the best g- gameplay in like any JRPG I've played. When you, I love the way you have to put an asterisk at the end of that. It's got the greatest gameplay if you have any other JRPG next to it, but we know full well that JRPGs don't have gameplay. They do have gameplay. That's your fault for sleeping on Chrono Trigger and not playing it the way... Let's rewind to the, to the question I had before, where you were like slowly whispering into your mic when you said, DKC2? <laughs> Every time I said, better graphics? Better soundtrack? Well, obviously, a, a platformer's gonna have like more engaging moment-to-moment gameplay than a than a JRPG. That's just a given. There we go. You've literally just agreed it. So, but that doesn't mean by definition that no, uh, Chrono Trigger's got it. bad Chrono combat. Trigger can't be good as Street Fighter, and it can't be good as Mario All Stars. Then look by at the, the list: is Donkey Kong Country two at number one, and Chrono Trigger's at number five? Because that's the way I see it. <laughs> what? I was just. What about Street Fighter? If you just you just admitted that a JRPG can't be have as good a gameplay as a two D platforming game, well, it can't be as good as Mario All Stars then. Mario All Stars is is the white bread of video games. We've established this. It's 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 vanilla, but I'm allowing it to be on the list purely for <laughs> cultural significance. But it's five games in one, Mike. Oh, okay. So we'll just we'll just have all the top ten beat every. Si- so okay, right, number one Mario Mario three, number two Mario World, number. Well, no, because Donkey Kong Country is like five games in one, whereas Chrono Trigger isn't even a game. It's just a good story. Which mean this, this is the thing that irritates me about you, Bill. I say right, I go okay. Uh, you 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 look at my list and if, if I swap them around, right. Like put Duncan Country Two at number one and Chrono Trigger at number two. You go well. Chrono Trigger is not a very good game because Mega Man X has better combat. I'm like, well, yes. No, I, I could live with that because you've said yourself <laughs> that stories matter more to you. But I'm shocked that you think that Chrono Trigger is better than Duncan Country Two. I'm uh, really I, shocked. I, I, yeah. I'm doubting it, and you're. <laughs> You're regretting your decision, well, even like as I said. Both you. both games are in like my top ten games ever, but I can't say that like I would be able to rattle off my top ten games right now. I just know that it would be in that ten somewhere. But I can change my mind tomorrow. Are you, who knows? are you sticking to your guns out of, out of the fact that you do honestly think Chrono Trigger is better than Donkey Kong Country Two, or are you doing it just to spite me? It's 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 had more of a more of a uh, a deeper impact on me, which is something that Donkey Country Two hasn't as much. Okay, 
So long as you're not spiting me, Mike. That's but fine. I, but I, I refuse the sentiment that Chrono Trigger is only good because of its story, because that's not <laughs> true at all. <laughs> Right, back to this list. Right. So <laughs> where, got, are, where, where are we? We've got all we're stars on... at seven. Yeah. So now we've got so we've got What's on your list that I've played? Mario RPG. Mario RPG, Mega Man X, Final Fantasy Six, A Link to the Past, don't even I am not even going to try. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, that's it, because then it's Punch Out and Castlevania for Castlevania's already on here. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, what games yeah, have you got right. left? What games have I not mentioned other I will than Sparks give you, I will give you Mario RPG number 10. Okay. If you let me have Yoshi's Island next. Okay, alright. So, Yoshi's Island belong... Right, yeah. Yoshi's Island, like I said, is a game I respect. It's just not for me, so I don't get offended if it's on a list. So what are we on? Are we on 9 or 10 here? So if we're putting Mario RPG at number 10, right? Yeah. What's going to be at number 9? Well, it's either Mega Man or... Final Fantasy 6. Punch Out. Or, 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 what you... So what's what's left on your list? Well, you've the, the other games you haven't really played. So you haven't played Sparkster. No. You haven't played Turtle Tournament Fighter. No. You're not going to have Mario Kart, are you? No. So that's, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> so that I think leaves Super Punch Out or Mega Man. Well, we've already put Super Punch Out at number four because it's the fourth best game. Oh, it ever is. Made. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that leaves Mega Man, right? So yeah, I, I can't. I, I guess by definition, that leave, even though on my list Mario RPG is better than Mega Man, and now Mario RPG is at number ten and Mega Man's. At, Number nine. Mega Man's got gameplay. Mario RPG's not even a good story. So. Oh yeah, well it's just got nothing then, is it? If it's <laughs> it's just it's just quick time events. The game. Yeah, you just you just press a button and 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 you win. You know. I mean, all you do is jump. It's a Mario game, isn't it? There's just no thought process into it at all. You just, there's no reason to even. I don't even. I don't even know why I even play RPGs. To be honest, you just kind That's of. Not, like, I mean, it's not even got any charm yeah. or anything. Yeah. Characters are rubbish. Oh, I know. You just. Oh, I might as well just watch someone play the game and no point of playing it. <laughs> I think you do. I think that's what you'd actually do. Yeah, I don't even know why you even talked about Grandia Two last episode because it's a. F- oh. Watch it. <laughs> oh, that was a low blow. Try to keep the gloves up. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Is there anything we want to change on this list, or shall we call it there out of our own sanity? I think I think we should call it there because I don't think I don't think you'll ag- agree. Like I feel like the good compromise is that putting Mario uh, Mega Man X above Mario RPG just because you don't rate it very high at all. <laughs> Do you know what cracks me up more what? than anything else? That just sums up this whole episode. We are going around saying we're a gaming podcast that we know what we're talking about and that you know every everything we we we, we know our stuff yeah right yet we ranked super <laughs> punch out above chrono trigger super street fighter mario stars yoshi's island mega man and mario rpg <laughs> that my friend is priceless uh, that's that's the rules of the game i suppose <laughs> 
Super Castlevania 4 is the third best Super Nintendo game of all time. <laughs> that I can live with. I don't mind that so much. And I love Super Punch-Out, don't get me wrong. But even I have to wince looking at that list going, Oh, really? Maybe we should have revised these rules. I'm, I'm going to blame this on you, Mike. You're the one who didn't make the rules clear enough, and clearly yeah, well, this is the result of you and your poor organisation yeah, skills. Yeah, well, if we do another up. list like this again, I'm just going to repeat the same mistakes because I think it's funny. <laughs> I just like seeing what what like bottom of the list game somehow makes it to the top just because we have it in common. <laughs> I love these rules. I think these should be tournament rules from now on. This this should be in the Olympics. This is how official this is. So it's like but a, that's it. I think I think that's it. Yeah, um, I think I think if we go any longer, we'll be uh, running into our bedtime. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Jesus, looking at the looking at um, how long this has gone on for. Yeah, that was fun though, and we hope listeners you you thought it was fun too, hearing our opinions and. Uh, Clearly, there's no way you can disagree with our final top 10 list. You you must be right there with us. So um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Culture Pausecast. And as always, this is goodbye from Bill. And it's goodbye from... Mike. We need to work on that. You need to say goodbye, really, but never mind. Um, and we'll hopefully see you back next week. Goodbye. Check out our other stuff. Yes. Check out our other stuff, like uh, Mike's po- <laughs> Mike's YouTube channel. Where can they find you, Mike? Uh, Mike Critiques is the name, and get a look at games I'm not nostalgic for is something I like to do, so check out my channel. In fact, I've done a Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, uh, Donkey Country 1 and 2, Super Metroid. I think that's it on the list, but, you know... Be and he's going to play Sparkster next. I'm going to play... Sparkster is my next conquest. <laughs> As for me, you can find me at Pop Culture Pause Screen on YouTube. Or if you want some action-adventure and some kick-ass characters, you can go to RagingDestiny.com and pick up my new book, uh, Raging Destiny. But now it's definitely goodbye from me. See you next week. And it's goodbye from Mike. <laughs> See you next week. Goodbye. (laughs) For now.